Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit The opening line is, what's a POV mean? <laughs> and man, was I disappointed that this scene did not turn out to be what I thought it was. I was like, oh, yes, I came. I just automatically came. I saw Charisma Carpenter having a man sign a contract that said POV on it. And I was already, I was already out. I was on my thumb. I was up to the wrist in my own ass. And yet, <laughs> it's not what it turned out to be. She's writing a story about a, a, a moron who runs a diner. Awful movie. 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 Welcome back to the Gamcast, where each week we sample another selection from Christian cinema in an effort to be as miserable as Christians tell me atheists are supposed to be. I'm your host, No Illusions, <laughs> and sitting to my immediate left is my good friend Heath Enright. Heath, so glad you haven't thought better of this yet. Yeah, I don't really have a choice, though, because Netflix won't let me watch anything without religion words in the title anymore. (laughs) Try to watch Scrubs, and it's like, you sure you don't want to watch Kirk Cameron's Do You Believe in Doctors instead? (laughs) Watch everything Kevin Sorbo's ever done instead? No. Did you mean pray it better? (laughs) Exactly. And sitting 998 miles to my right is my bad friend Eli Bosnick. Eli, so good of you to rejoin us, sir. It's good to be here. I haven't seen you guys. I haven't talked to you guys since last year. I fucked up my own joke. <laughs> <laughs> I, to I haven't, haven't talked to you. And I was like, I haven't seen you in a year. But that's well, yeah. It's well that that too, I guess. That also true. <laughs> <laughs> less less funny in that way because yeah. it actually probably has been a year yeah. since I've seen you so right. yeah so uh that's that's good that's turn good. the good. video on skype that's how we'll change that. <laughs> good new year's humor yeah all right we switch the video on and suddenly that joke works let's go back and do it again do a whole bunch of video <laughs> stuff for this this podcast just a whole bunch of, and then she's like <laughs> you guys are missing and i'm doing some hilarious shit over here <laughs> We can see it on the camera. That's why we're laughing. That's so, right. Heath, tell us, what are we going to be breaking down today, sir? All right. We watched Heaven's Door, which is not about sexual assault. No. Uh, that was, no, that was really that was nice. Nice change. No, it's uh, it's about a 12-year-old girl who gets Christian sorcery powers, <laughs> but her fucking muggle atheist mom won't let her cast any spells. and she, It's kind of frustrating. Yeah. This is basically about how atheism ruins magic. Yeah, okay. Which is... um. Kind of like the uh, Eli Bosnick story. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So tell me, Eli, how bad was this movie? This movie was surprisingly bad. Fun amounts of bad. (laughs) Because when I chose this movie last week, I was like, look, we just finished loving the bad man. Everyone needs a break. That we need a movie that's just kind of crappy, that's got some stuff and we'll make fun of. But this movie had some surprisingly insidious terrible ideas it was it was really it was fun it was like the chinese government on the outside you're like ah, i don't know and then you you read anything about them and you're like whoa there's a lot of horrible stuff going on there that's fun i didn't know anything about that fun yeah. it was it was i wrote down sneak up on you crazy 
Yeah. Because it, it felt like a lot of times like it's just some normal kind of Christian-y after-school special. And then there was just, oh, by the way, this is completely bad shit insane over here, by the way. It's like, you're, you're fucking someone, and then about a third of the way through, they ask you to do something way over the line of the first time fucking them. Like, you're like, oh, yeah, you like that? And they're like, cut me face. And you're like, oh, no, wait. That's, that's, this is our first date. This is our first we need to – there's a whole well, conversation that happens before this. Well, and the thing is is that, like, this is like that, only she didn't have the face rings to begin with or anything yeah, to, exactly. to warn you. Because, like, when you when you saw the preview for Loving the, the Rape Daddy or you read the synopsis or whatever, <laughs> you knew you needed to strap in tight. This was going to be some right. crazy shit. But with this one, you know, you watch the preview and you're going, okay, it's a nice little, nice little dead grandpa gives a little girl healing powers movie. And on the scale of shit we watched, that's not very crazy. <laughs> Yeah. But holy yeah. shit, this movie just made a several left turns in there. Yeah, exactly. This, this movie was like, no, 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 no. Not just this normal, like, oh, daddy gives you crazy powers. It's, you also can't use those powers on the sinners. <laughs> I had this feeling constantly with this movie, though, and I guess this is just the standards I've gotten to. Like, I'm like, oh, oh, look, good. They, they used establishing shots. Well done. Well done. <laughs> Yeah, every, every time the, the, like, the sound and the picture in movies match up now, I'm like, what is this, the future? <laughs> I can practically reach out and touch it. Anything not shot on an iPhone camera is fucking avatar to me at this point. Yeah. Well, you know, and when you told me the, 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 the plot of this movie, when I saw the preview and everything, I, I would have radically underestimated the body count. This movie takes place during some kind of, they never really talk about it, but it takes place during like the pre-zombie plague or something because everyone in this fucking movie is dead or dying. Oh, well, not only is everyone in this movie dead or dying, but this movie, I think, wins the award for least knowledge about medicine. Uh, yeah, in this no movie, shit. there I, I I don't want to spoil it, but there is a character. Everyone reacts to the condition of asthma in this movie like it is the black lung. Oh yes, <laughs> every single character goes like, "Oh, asthma! How long does he have? Oh, forever? <laughs> he has fucking forever. He needs to carry a nerd inhaler with him for the rest of his life." <laughs> He's going to ruin all the weed smoking sessions in high school. Yeah. Everyone, Man, I don't want to get out the vaporizer. I have asthma. Fine. Okay. I'm going to wait for this thing to heat up. <laughs> all right. Well, obviously, we can't be done until we get started. So in an effort to hasten this along, we'll pause for a quick break. But the, on, on the other side of that, we'll find a doorway to heaven and leave a flaming bag of shit in front of it. Before we begin the episode today, I wanted to tell you guys a story. When I was 20 years old, I gave up on my dream. You see, I'd just gotten back from London, and the job I'd been doing all through college offered me a full-time position for full-time money at the exact same time as a small off-Broadway production offered me a tiny part as comic relief in the show that was only going to run for a month and a half. And so I took the money. And until this year, I had always sort of told myself in the back of my head that I had made my choice, and I had had my shot, I chose the short dollar, and what I got to be now was the funniest guy at the office. I had made my bed, it was time to sleep in it. I lost that job this year, and I lost it with less than a month's worth of notice. Now, I should point out, it wasn't the company's fault, things moved in the way they couldn't predict, and if they could have kept me, they would have, but it wasn't in the cards, so for the first time since I was 15 years old, I didn't have a job. 
Now, I'm recording this little segment without Noah and Heath. Um, we usually do the interstitials together, but I'm recording it without them because if I record it with them, they're going to hem and haw and say, you know, I deserve everything I got because that's the fantastic fucking humans they are. But the truth of the matter is I really wasn't on Scathing Atheist that often when we came up with the idea for this show. I would come on, you know, once a month to talk about movies and we, we had talked about this show as an idea. You know, we'd gotten a few tweets from people who thought I didn't suck, but mostly Scathing Atheist was a chance for me to talk to two of the funniest people I knew who somehow thought I was worth their time. I mean, I I counted down the days in the month or every couple of months that I got to do a movie review, but it certainly wasn't something I thought I deserved to or ever would get to be a regular part of. But with a looming chance for no job, no rent, and the very real possibility that I didn't know where my life was going, we gave it a shot. You know, it was Noah's idea to his credit. He said, you know, look, look, we'll create the Patreon for the show, and we'll put it out on Twitter. We'll see what people say. And I, I honestly, bottom of my heart, expected us to raise, you know, $12, 10 of which were from my mother, uh, and then the other two from the people who thought it might be fun to hear me once in a while. But the show got funded in three days. And, and has continued to grow since then. I, I am amazed each week when we look at our numbers and our views, and I have seen near constant growth, almost double where we started. I am in absolute awe. So I'm recording this on New Year's Eve, just after midnight, actually, to thank you. To thank every single person who makes this show possible with your listens and your support. Uh, for the first time in my life, all I do for a living is be funny. And while I know not everyone can do the monetary support thing, if you are listening to this, you should know that you are incredibly important. And because of you, this year, 2016, is the first year for what I do for a living is what I've wanted to do since I was three years old. So whether you're already a Patreon donor, you're planning on being one as soon as your Christmas bonus kicks in, or maybe you just listen to the show and tell your friends and it makes your day better and you, you know, tweet when it makes you laugh and you tweet your favorite sections, you are what I'm grateful for this year. You and these god-awful movies. And we're back for the breakdown, but before we can get to the credits, the writer has to murder somebody, so we're going to open up on our heroine. <laughs> it's the cold open. <laughs> right, right. Someone dies within seconds of the opening of this film. Yeah, if you, like, were, were late to this movie, you missed the murder. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you missed the death. You, well, you missed the first one anyway. Oh, there man, will did be I miss more. the previews? Yeah, and the grandpa dies. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, how long was I late? Oh, 30 seconds. You were 30 seconds late to this film. Yeah, right. So we, we open up on Young Riley and her grandpa, the fat Marlboro man, and they're playing soccer, and he just don't get it. And I, I, we, we're going to come back to this several times, I'm sure, but the there is no too cheesy setting on this writer's brain, okay? There is, like, da- Grandpa says the word gumption within the first minute of this goddamn movie. <laughs> this whole movie is a goddamn Norman Rockwell painting. Like, you know how you want to punch with a baby death, when you though. watch Norman Rockwell? Because it's like, oh, look, this kid and his puppy are going down the road to buy themselves a shekel filled with it's like reading betty tatesy and tib except there's a psychotic god in charge of it well right it's like norman rockwell but the dog is dead you know he's taking his dead dog to the vet it's terror and also it's so it's so cheesy and every part of it is just so there's so much like you know one of the things 
I've said this before is one of the things I hate most about like American films. And this is, this is an American film problem, but it's especially a Christian movie problem is the like, there's a simple elbow grease solution to everything. Mm -hmm. And that's what this entire fucking movie is, is like, if you've got a catchphrase and a smile, then you can wink your way to a sandwich. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? It's just, just because you're saying it out of an old mouth doesn't mean it's not fucking nonsense. Right. That is, that is where this movie begins, ends, and everything in between. Right, right. The message of the movie is if you have a little faith and a little elbow grease, that'll do the trick. But then, of course, you also, uh, magic powers come in right. handy from and time to time. And also a portal gun that leads you to heaven. That's also good, too. <laughs> and by the way, um, the dying words from the grandfather, while he's mm -hmm. standing in front of his young 12-year-old granddaughter, he says, well, ain't that funny? Yeah. He, he, he grabs his chest. He says, well, ain't that funny? And then he dies. Right. I'm going to convulse to death right in front of you now. But trust me, you are going to laugh about this one day. <laughs> you are going to just, just just watch me die. This is going to be funny, though. And he also had one of those heart attacks where you grab your heart. Right. And there it is. <laughs> what part of me is dying? This one right here. Yeah, goodbye. <laughs> Good old fashioned. That's the way they died in the old days. You pointed to the part of you that was dying, and you just went. And you said something, Grandpa. -y, and then yeah, I wanted this cut to be slightly longer, and just the, it pans down to him like convulsing on the ground and shitting his pants, and her being like, "Whoa, not so funny, Grandpa. Not so funny." Him saying the name of a woman who's not the grandma. Right, right. <laughs> Mabel. It was always you, Mabel. Gonna well, skip that. And and that's another Johnny. funny thing about this. Yeah, right. <laughs> that's another funny thing about this movie, though. Okay, so the very opening sequence we get is twelve-year-old girl watching in a in a park by herself, watching grandpa die. We will never address the psychological trauma that that would almost certainly entail, right? We're never going to yeah. like be with her therapist or anything. No one's ever going to sit down with the little girl and say, must have been really rough on you to just be talking to grandpa when he suddenly died. Everybody's just like, y you over that uh, the dead grandpa thing yet? No? And she and she appears to be. She's pretty fine throughout the rest of the movie. Like, she looks at pictures and she's sad, but she's never like, yeah, man, that was really hard for me. She's just always like, ah, yeah, I guess it was a bummer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so... Now we're going to jump straight to the funeral, and we're going to squeeze as much exposition into the into the the funeral just wrapped up. It, it, we're going to squeeze more exposition between the funeral and the fucking car than most movies have. Right. And Grandma, we meet Grandma in this scene. Grandma mm -hmm. looks exactly like Cruella Deville. Have you ever seen the 101 Dalmatians cartoon? It's Cruella Deville. Other image. If you've ever accidentally clicked on GILF porn. That's what grandma yes. looks like. Like, my hair is short. That's why I'm getting fucked by a 19-year-old. No, that's not. I, I I don't know why you qualified that with accidentally, but fine. If you yeah, exactly. Know. Or in my case, if you purposefully subscribe to that website. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> well, If they take 40 to 9.99 out of your credit card every single month, you know, in my situation. Oh, right on, right on. I, I get it for 39. Um, And I love that basically grandma's first line is, boy, I sure hope my husband isn't burning in hell, you know, because he never could find his way to... See, places. I didn't think that was burning in hell. I thought that was like, man, 
just can't find their way to heaven. Like a cutesy, like, I hope he doesn't get lost and end up in a daydream or in Candyland or Poopville or anything else that doesn't exist. It's just such a, it begins with her going, I hope he doesn't get lost. And I'm like, what the fuck? The entire mythology of this movie is just like, boop, beep, beep, doop. And none of it makes any fucking sense. They are clearly making it up as they go along. Yeah. One character in the movie goes, what the fuck did that just mean? And they're like, you're cranky. You're mean. (laughs) Right. (laughs) You're just mad because your baby died. (laughs) <laughs> yes, and apparently she is. So in this scene, we also meet mom and dad who are estranged. Uh, mom is TV's very own Charisma Carpenter. Yeah, Cordelia uh, from Buffy. Why? I love Why Cordelia in this fucking movie. I mean, I, I didn't love her in this movie, but it's like she was the only thing that I could cling to yeah, in this movie. Looking at her is fantastic. <laughs> well, also through most of the movie, she's the one going, okay, this is bullshit, though. You know that, right? Also, yeah. this, this was pointed out by someone on Twitter, but this is the uh, second of the moms in a row we've had that uh, is naked on the Internet. If we want to, it's more than the yeah, second. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. She looks like she was fifty-fifty on stripper or trophy wife, and she just barely chose trophy wife. But she, <laughs> she's not very happy about it. She's mad at Dean Kane for taking away the prime years of her stripper career. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we're about to meet Dean Kane, by the way. He's her yes, husband. Yes, yes. Superman yeah. that ho shows yeah, up. Exactly. Yeah, and and. Okay, so apparently what this family does after a funeral is everybody individually argues. You know, they just yeah. pair up and argue at the funeral. <laughs> exactly. So first we get uh, uh, mom arguing with dad, and then we get mom arguing with grandma. Uh, and the dad argument is just the most perfunctory, we're separated. Oh, yeah, well, we're going to be divorced. You're going to be divorced. So are you. <laughs> we were married for 12 years. We have two children. My name's <laughs> We lost one of them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. One of them died. You shouldn't have smoked so much. <laughs> I wrote down, this funeral fight is borderline inappropriate. It's borderline. <laughs> Dean Kane, he almost yells at this funeral, just because you can't bear a child. And he stops. And the last, <laughs> yes. at a funeral. I wanted them to get shushed by the next funeral over. Yeah. Like, there's a panel. And the guy... <laughs> It just pans over to a Jewish funeral. Okay, we don't do this at our funeral, so if you could maybe, I don't know, go back to your house and have some ham and some cheese and let Whatever us do our thing you here. Gentiles do. Oh, <laughs> uh, So, yeah, we learn that they are getting a divorce because they lost the baby because in Christian movie universe, whenever you lose a baby, you immediately break up with the person that puts that baby in you. <laughs> or, or you live for the next 40 years in abject misery. Right, together. exactly. Yeah. Um, so then we cut to the town of Vineyard. Where we are going to find some more exposition. So right. <laughs> now we get the little girl, and she's walking around with this little soulless ginger kid that's going to be trying to get in her pants the whole movie. Yeah, if you're wondering what the ginger kid looks like, you remember that YouTube video, Ginger Has Souls? That's him. That's him. It's just him before he decided to make his own content. And now we know what he's so angry about. Yeah, clearly. Good clearly. amount of chunk from the Goonies, too. Exactly. Yeah. Right. And he's just, he's just basically walking down the road with her going like, uh, so I heard your dad moved out. Has that been tough? I heard your grandpa died as well. No Has that been seen. tough? <laughs> I heard you got touched at camp, but you weren't the first person's choice. Was that tough? Uh, and by the way, I should point out the main character of this movie, the little girl, looks like a pedophile's second choice. That's what God. she looks like. She looks like, like he was trolling around the, the playground and all the cool kids were like, yeah, no, I'm not getting in your car. And she was like, I'll get in your car. And he was like, fine, fine, come on. I've got a puppy. <laughs> so fucked up. 
Um, so yeah, so like the daughter goes home to bitch at mom for not loving her father enough. Um, and, and the mom is just like, the lines that they give the mom, it's clear that the person writing this movie has no idea why people would get divorced. Yeah. yeah because when she asked the mom, she's like, oh, you know, it's things and stuff, you know, right. because. It's, you wouldn't understand. And then she's like, well, dad says it's your fault. And it's like, oh, well, dad's just throwing some shade on his side of this divorce, isn't he? <laughs> Dad says it's because when you used to put your finger in his butthole, he would say men's names. Is that what it is? <laughs> so it's your fault. <laughs> but immediately we get the whole save the marriage, it's drowning motif. Yes, exactly. Which will... Christian movie bingo. You got a second stamp. We're 30 seconds into this movie. You've already got two stamps. Right. So then we cut to her. So we cut to the bedroom. Right. right? The yeah. little girl's in bed. And the one saving grace of this movie there's a pug. Yeah, but it dies. Uh, it does spoiler die. Spoiler alert. It does but, yeah. die. I was waiting to save that for later on in the movie <laughs> to prove how terrible this yes. fucking movie is. Yes. They there can't is, even let the pug live through there, it. There is a pug in this film. So, And by the way, if you're wondering, hey, is everyone in this movie such a terrible actor that the pug steals focus every time it's in shot? <laughs> yes, it does. There's a scene where the pug goes and hides behind a chair. Yeah. I spent. I didn't hear anything anyone said. I was like, look at him. He's behind the chair. Look at his little face! Look at his little face! Someone was like, I was raped. No, 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 you're interrupting the pug. At one point, someone stood in front of the pug and I shot the TV like fucking Elvis. <laughs> he was the, he was the best actor in the film, yeah. Mm -hmm. And the, the discussion, so, so what's going on here now? The little girl's asleep and mom and grandma come into the room to tuck her in or whatever. And they decide to sit there and have a whisper conversation in her bedroom while she's sleeping. Right. And the whisper conversation is about how the kids need them some Jesus now that grandpa's dead. Well, wait, their neighbor <laughs> right. brought by a Jesus pamphlet. Right, yeah. Yes. She, she's exactly. like, hey, she brought this. I think it might help the kids. But, you know, she doesn't have the brains that God gave a burka burk or whatever. She yeah. uses some down home. So she's like, oh, our retard neighbor brought her mythos. <laughs> over but Do you still. want some mythology right now? I hear this helps when people die. Yeah, and when they're at like, their nah, most I'm vulnerable. Good. I mean, I mean, in need. Right. I mean, when they help, it helps the most now. It's a coincidence. <laughs> also, and then, okay, so while we're having this conversation, we hear little brother Morgan in the background coughing like he just got out of the goddamn coal mines in 1844. <laughs> yeah. He's got fucking tuberculosis. <laughs> he coughs one time. Did that sound like mesothelioma? Is that? Yeah. <laughs> Check the asbestos. Is it? <laughs> Uh, oh, and this is where we get sake. one of my favorite lines in the movie, um, where she says, uh, cause she's like trying to convince her not to get a divorce and she says, mm -hmm. divorce is like death, yes! Julie. Divorce is like a death. Divorce is like a death. Those words were actually written in the fucking script. <laughs> yep. And so I, I just, as a moment, I wanted to take a moment. I did write down a couple of ways that divorce is like a death, just so people know. <laughs> okay. uh, divorce is like a death. Sometimes it's for the best. Uh, <laughs> divorce Fair is enough. like a death. When it happens to a baby, it's sad and confusing. <laughs> uh, divorce is like a death. You get to start fucking other people, and you get in trouble if you fuck the same person. Oh, fuck. Yep. <laughs> there you go. I fixed it. I fixed it. <laughs> well that's, done. that's what Grandma was talking about. 
I gotta, I gotta say, honestly, when that, when that happened, I paused the fucking movie. I ran into my, to the the bedroom. I told my wife, I'm like, I am seven minutes into this fucking movie. And the lady just said, I quote, divorce is like a death. (laughs) What the fuck? So then we get the, uh, the saying goodbye to grandma scene where the, uh, where the grandma makes an ass joke uh, about how her ass isn't big enough to fit in grandpa's cleft that he left in the car. (laughs) Right. And she also uh, almost commits vehicular manslaughter. And doesn't even seem to a, give a uh, delivery no. guy. This guy walks like he's a cartoon barrel. Yes. Like even- <laughs> and by the way, he is one of four retarded characters that we will meet. Very clearly mentally handicapped characters that we will meet in this movie. Because everyone except for the core cast is handicapped mentally well, handicapped okay but everyone else in the movie's like well how come your head ain't made out of no wood uh, well but and and i, I want to point out that all of these completely retarded because they, they were going for stupid i don't think they were going for mentally handicapped but whoever wrote this thing doesn't know the difference and every one of these like retarded characters are fat Every fat person in this movie is just drooling on themselves drooling retarded. Moron. Drooling yeah. moron who doesn't know how things work. Like, there's a point where she's like, do you have a pen? And he's like, no, what's a pen? And she's like, it's behind your ear. And he's like, oh, okay. well, there it is right over there. And we're not exactly like, there it is right over there. That's the type of line they're giving these guys. And she'll barely touch his pen because she might catch the downs. She's pretty right, sure. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I wanted when he turned around to leave for his pants just to be filled with shit like you just see it slowly seeping down the back of his leg (laughs) and what we're supposed to get from this scene other than fat people are stupid is that there's a guy named mitch who Mm -hmm. wants in mom's panties and sent flowers yeah exactly and because and mitch wants her to work for his newspaper Mm -hmm. newspaper yeah, yeah, it's uh, never super clear. It's a newspaper, <laughs> but it only reports on stupid, terrible shit. Yeah, so it's, it's a the, local it's, paper. It's the nobody gives a fuck weekly, but he, <laughs> but he pursues her like it's a hostile takeover in Tokyo. Yeah, right, right. Now, but he wants her to come work for him, but he, I think he clearly wants to fuck her too. Oh, uh, very much so. This is also the scene where we find out that Tommy Dwayne Tiny Lister. Devo fell from into Friday. this fucking movie. Yeah, and he's the guy his, from Batman. It, 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 was he in Batman? Yeah, he's the guy on the boat who comes up to. Oh, okay, yeah, right, 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 like, yeah, Give no, me the right. remote. You're not gonna do what needs to be done. And the guy and the yeah, white guy's like, no, you're right, you're right. I pooped. That's <laughs> in the part of that movie where it all completely fell apart and, and stopped also, being good. He's also in Green Mile. He's the guy who's the prisoner who has the pet mouse. No, he's, he's also, not. He's that also guy. in Shawshank Redemption. He's the friend of Andy Dufresne. <laughs> he's also in The Matrix. Yeah. He's, uh, he's the guy who offers him the two pills. Uh, he's also in um, The Drunken Master. He's the young guy who gets drunk and learns kung fu better. Oh, is he? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's really been around. A lot of range, that Debo. Cliff Huxable on the Cosby Show, so, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, his Too job... Too soon, Heath. Too soon. <laughs> he was just arraigned just, on Wednesday. Come, Come on, on man. Am I right in the internet? Innocent until proven guilty. <laughs> <laughs> Not so much. No, so, okay, so Debo's job in this movie is going to be to sit on his porch, which is apparently across the street from the house where the little girl and her family lives, with a baseball bat looking angry. 
Yeah, which nobody <laughs> in this movie reacts to normally. No one's like, hey, is that neighbor threatening us? Everyone's just like, yep, good old Mr. Next Door. He just loves to sit on his porch with a bat threatening violence to all who walk by. <laughs> clearly, clearly threatening violence. <laughs> And this is, he's supposed to be a blind person, right? Well, mostly, almost blind. He has blind, 20% mostly. vision. Yeah. yeah. He's he's holding a baseball bat and watching across the street menacingly. I'm not trying to be an asshole, but neither of those things are an appropriate activity for a blind person. <laughs> I, I wanted him to be facing the wrong direction, like his rocking chair is facing right. the house, and he's like, <laughs> I'm watching you. No, you you literally aren't. No. All right, now. <laughs> So uh, then we cut over to uh, we're gonna, okay. So we find out too, by the way, in this scene that mom is working for Mitch at the Nobody Gives a Shit Weekly, and doesn't want her husband, her estranged husband, to know because she asked the daughter, "Don't tell dad that I'm working for Mitch." Right. Which I want to point out, there is a point at which Mitch becomes a bad guy in this movie, mm -hmm. but for the first three quarters of this movie, Mitch behaves perfectly fine. Mitch is yeah. he wants to fuck charisma what's her name but everyone wants to, I want to fuck charisma oh, what's yeah. her name it's not you can't blame him and she's separated there's nothing right. wrong with him but he didn't he break up the marriage or anything. Right, he yeah. didn't break up the marriage. And also, he never does anything inappropriate. He never, no. like, tries to kiss her and she doesn't want him to. He, like, gives her a bonus and buys her a computer and offers her a job and compliments her and is nice to her and makes it very clear that he's interested in her romantically. Until later in this movie, we have no reason to hate this character. But then everyone in this movie acts as though he's just, like, the town rapist and everyone's okay with it. Right, yeah. right. And and I think it's important to point out here, too, because when I... I saw this originally, and it's like uh, the mom saying to the little girl, hey, don't tell dad that I work for Mitch. My first thought is dad doesn't, you know, I don't want dad to know that I'm like m moving around with this guy who, who is a single guy and obviously would want to fuck me. But as we later find out, the real problem here, the real issue is that mom doesn't want dad to know that she has a job because Christian women are supposed to stay at home. Right. And Dean Cain in this okay. movie behaves incredibly abusively. In fact, I will point out between the two characters' behaviors, as we will see, Mitch, while he is certainly ambitious and a little bit of a jerk, does not behave as badly as Dean Cain's character does. No. Dean no. Cain's character is a psychopathic stalker who wants to prevent his wife from having a job. Mitch is a very ambitious local newspaper guy who recognizes her talents and wants her to use them. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah exactly. Bastard. But we get to the office and and they have the uh, nobody's as good at writing newspaper articles as you. I tried to hire the school janitor because I'm a moron. <laughs> And he's fat, so you know he's <laughs> yeah, going to be an idiot. So exactly. In this fucking movie, you can't have, like, you know, weight and an IQ. And so they're trying to figure out what she's going to write about. And he says, how about a piece on the local soccer league? How fascinating could that be? But, but right. he's, he's talking like he's J. Jonah Jameson of rural right, Colorado yeah. the whole time, where the fuck they are. He's going crazy. <laughs> oh, we need a story. Human interest. The football team's no good. What about uh, the... Soccer team. We're, we need a big scoop. We need a big scoop. Two, two the, big columns about that. Yeah. How about kids running around in a field? Uh, so great. Yeah, yeah. I have expected in the way they were building this character for him to just lean out the door, shoot somebody. He says, "Now you got a story. Go cover yeah, that. Go, good guy. It's okay. I stood my ground. He was black. <laughs> he was brandishing. No, it was brand. A very realistic looking rake that guy was holding. Did you see how he was running away like that? That was yeah, terrifying. Exactly. So he was. Yeah, exactly. He kept getting smaller on me. It freaked me out. So. It, then we kind of cut to, you know, and 
again, like I have trouble with the themes in these movies because they're so far removed from my real life. But the next scene we get basically is is the mom hiring a babysitter who's on meth and a has a smoking hot methy babysitter. Oh yeah, yeah, I liked her quite a bit. She's super cute. Even if you had to like even if you went out with her and she took the weird ghost child with her too. Yeah, it oh, would be so worth it. <laughs> this is where we learn. Now, is babysitter Katie? Katie is little ghost child. Mm-hmm. Is babysitter Katie's mom or big sister? We I don't could, find I out. I couldn't tell. The, it, the, they mentioned it at the very end of the movie that she's the big sister. It felt like sister, yeah. It, okay, she's yeah. A it felt like student. sister to me yeah. too. Uh, so Katie is the little sister, and she practically is wearing a sandwich board sign that says "I have cancer." Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> they put so much makeup under her eyes, you think she was in a throated porn. Um, by the way she looks like a trans nine-year-old golem if you're wondering what this character looks like a perfectly round head yeah she she looks she looks a little bit like uh jared leto in dallas buyers club too yeah a little bit like a precog just brings her over to babysit she's like oh hey and this is my little sister she's one of the grays from area 51 (laughs) uh so then we have this weird moment between the babysitter where the babysitter comes in, does not introduce herself to the children. She introduces herself to the dog. Yeah. Uh-huh. She goes, and who's this? And I was, I wrote in my notes, that's the dog. That's who that is. <laughs> you don't need to be introduced. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But now Riley, the, the 12 year old that this movie is going to center around is too old for a babysitter. So she doesn't like this bullshit. And hey, if she doesn't want the babysitter, I'll take her. Yeah, no I shit. I need to be changed. <laughs> <laughs> I have a weird sex life, people. You don't want you don't want in on this. Now we cut to the soccer game. Right. And mom is writing her story about the soccer game. First of all, their their team is getting fucking killed. It, it, well, it ends they're up getting like- killed because their goalie every time a goal is scored, no matter what happens, the goalie throws himself on the ground in a seemingly random direction. <laughs> yeah. It has nothing to do with the, with what's going on. They obviously were like, you're going to try and dive and catch the ball, but he was just like, meh, meh. so it looks like they hired an epileptic goalie. <laughs> it's just like every time he gets excited that the ball comes his way, he goes down, blah, 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 blah. oh, so brave. So uh, during this, this sequence where the team's getting fucking shellacked 20 to nothing, we also get the voice voiceover of mom writing her story about the soccer game and it sounds like it sounds like something that a 14 year old girl that you were in the friend zone with and trying to fuck would read you yeah exactly it was the best of times it was the worst of times yeah the oh only God, thing that was good was a direct lift from dickens yeah yeah exactly she takes the direct lift from dickens but she obviously doesn't understand it because she's applying it to a children's soccer game right. <laughs> It's nothing like it a was, tale of two cities. It was neither the best nor the worst. <laughs> I thought she stole that from uh, from C.J. Whirlman's book about the French Revolution. I, oh. Was that, was that wrong? <laughs> th- two out of the last three weeks, C.J. Take that, bitch. <laughs> exactly. But apparently this is – because this is one of those situations. You get this all the time in movies. It drives me nuts where you have a very mediocre writer, but it's pivotal to the plot that someone writes something brilliant. Right. But you have a mediocre writer 
writing it. So this is what a mediocre writer thinks is a brilliant story right. about so they, children's soccer. They steal the only line from great literature they know and yeah, they right. apply it to whatever it is they're talking about, even though the, the author of this movie definitely hasn't read A Tale of Two Cities. A Tale of Two Cities makes no fucking sense in the in the context As, of a child soccer game. Right. It's like when you're online and someone's like, well, we're just a moments away from an Orwellian future. And it's like, oh, you like 1984? What's your favorite part? The part where I get to say Orwellian. That's <laughs> my favorite. But oh, I read that book. You should read that book. It's about people like you. Oh, okay. <laughs> I just don't want gay people to be able to make me make. Yeah, them a cake. no, it's it's nothing, nothing like <laughs> nothing like that. No. It's by George Orwellian. Cool. Yeah. Look it up. <laughs> exactly. That's the one I with the like whale, right? A, I would like to put a cage on your head with rats in it, though, if yes. you don't mind. That's that's the Do Orwellian. Do Julie. <laughs> So, all right. So now, Mitch, uh, the boss, he 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 reads her story and he tells her it's a masterpiece. And you know, look, if somebody's trying to lick your asshole, maybe you don't trust their assessment of the writing. But I, I wrote in my notes: if the author of this movie can tell me anything else about that novel, I'll insert it into me sideways. <laughs> <laughs> So now we're going to cut, uh, cut over to Riley hanging out with the soulless ginger and, and talking about how crappy they are at soccer. And there's this there's this very weird moment. He goes, oh, it was terrible. We got to learn to play dirty like that other kid. And I, I wanted a flash cut to that other kid just like blowing the ref. <laughs> or like shanking someone. <laughs> like, I'm really, I'm genuinely curious. What was that other kid on the soccer team doing? They don't, they don't really go into that at you all. You see him just tipping the other players. Like, right. Hey, Sweep the leg, Johnny. <laughs> And then we get get her practicing, and we can see why their soccer team sucks, because apparently they practice in a way that has nothing whatsoever to do with getting better at soccer. Yeah, no. I have no idea what these people think soccer is. She's setting up, like, a life-size foosball game with, like, cardboard boxes and a pole in her bag. I wanted Grandpa's ghost to just show up like Mickey from Rock. All right, now uh, kill this chicken with a soccer ball, right? <laughs> Nothing related to Get soccer. Get up, you happening. son of a bitch, because Grandpa loves you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, yeah, and they they cut to him having a a platitude talk with her. Yeah, which a little CP flashback. To, You're not trying to learn soccer by yourself, are you? Well, I don't have anyone to teach me. Well, then you got to learn it by yourself. Grandpa, you're the worst. I'm going to die soon. Good. Good. <laughs> this is where he actually, and I wrote this in my notes, this is where he actually used the line, well, come on now, Riley, you got more gumption than that. Two gumptions. 15 minutes into this movie, <laughs> double the gumption. Oh, my fucking God. Yeah. So now we go visit Dad, who's a mechanic and not a rapist. Yeah. Uh, strangely <laughs> enough. Or actually, not that we know of. We have to clarify that. You, just you have that written in your notes. I literally wrote down, Dean Kane is a mechanic rapist. Sorry, just a, a mechanic. <laughs> just, just a mechanic. mechanic. <laughs> I wanted the boss from Yelling Garage to come in. Hey, you better get that car fixed. I'm the only one. Yeah, fucking steal my tool. I own this place. Ah, I'll see you outside to beat me up later. <laughs> but instead, we get stupid Wally who shows up. And this is the second time we've met an overweight character that, you know, like actually has like, you know, whatever pieces of their brain missing. Yeah, this this right. guy looks like a Dick Tracy bad guy. <laughs> he yeah. really doesn't. He's he, not wearing and any more so as mask. the movie goes along. Yeah. yeah. He looks like the word cancer came to life. <laughs> <Just> like, <laughs> and, he looks like a tumor. 
And when did, is it just me or did everyone get a different decade of dialogue or a dialect to work with? You know, they're like, okay, you're from the 20s, you're from the 1870s, you're going to be from 1940s Utah. You're from the future. And, and what they're wearing because Wally is dressed like a uh, like a 1920s hobo. He's yeah. got like yeah. like a cartoon big tie. It's He's like a grapes of wrath fucking yeah, exactly. landowner. <laughs> yeah. So it, now this is where Leo Leo is uh, Dean Kane. That's the dad. He, this is where he finds out that his wife is working at the Courier from Dumb Wally. Because Wally says Mitch was hotter for her to work for him than July, and I was like, I'm with it. Jews lie. Jet fuel doesn't burn that. Hot. Talk to me about it. Talk to me. Ah. That little girl's a crisis actor. I get it. I'm with you. <laughs> Tell me the real message of this movie. Tell me the real message of this movie. The real message of this movie is, hey Leo. Uh, your wife's fucking Mitch signed yeah, Wally. She is reporting right. the shit out of that guy Mitch over there. Yeah, yeah. Some bro gossip at the uh, mechanic. Yeah. So, and then we go to, and this is apparently like the pivotal scene in the whole fucking movie. So, we go to the Jesus tree here, or whatever. There's a big tree well, in the it's fucking not Jesus yard. tree. Yeah, it's just a, it's just no. the world's <laughs> tallest tree. Yeah, exactly. It's just a giant tree that we always look at starting from the top. Every time you see this tree in the movie, it starts at the top of the tree and pans down. We do that like 11 times. And the, the little girl is again practicing soccer in a way that does not help you with soccer. She's trying to learn to juggle by Kicking the ball behind Kicking her. Kicking the ball as hard as she can Oh, in no, the air. she's practicing the straight-up-in-the-air punt. A lot of oh, goalies do that. I was a goalie. We, uh, useful. We, we would, you catch it back again, and then you I can see. keep doing that for um, a while. And this is a great... This is probably the quintessential example, by the way, of the pug steal in the scene there, because yep. I was totally... She, they, they have a little girl. She kicks the ball into the tree, and she's climbing up, and there's ominous tree climbing music, and, and you know shit's about to go down. I'm more worried about her falling on the pug than her oh, falling. Oh, 100%. I was like, oh my gosh, pug, back away. <laughs> yeah, Let right. that little girl die as God intended. <laughs> and the pug is barking at her, and I wanted so badly for there to be subtitles, and the pug being like, what the fuck are you doing? Get a new ball, <laughs> asshole. <laughs> and the music here, like, if the tree was raping her in this scene, it would the music sense. would be appropriate. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> the people Anything who did Evil Dead that. would have been like, eh, a little much. A little much. <laughs> so, it sounds like a string symphony is raping her, yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right. And also, the, there's this great moment where she's about to fall, and the pug looks at her, and the pug's like, great, now you're going to have a chair, and you're going to pet too hard. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Puggy. Oh, man, this is on me. Just get a new ball. <laughs> and that's where it looks like it's going because she scream falls. But luckily, she night crawlers her way safely to the ground. Right. I said she portal gunned her way out of the tree. <laughs> yeah, right. Red, blue, yeah, I'm pretty red, sure, blue. yeah. Ghost Grandpa saves her with his uh, Spider-Man power because uh, apparently everybody gets one. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, we're going to find out later it wasn't Grandpa. Uh -oh, I was just going to say, or is it yeah. Ghost or Grandpa? It? Yeah, but at any rate. <laughs> Spoilers. No spying. So she falls and she falls into she, and she literally like she it's it's like a nightcrawler teleport. She just bamps out of the top right. of the tree and then falls on bamps the bottom of the tree, the which which is like because she still falls for like the last two feet. So that would be like somebody caught her and then just tossed her under the and ground. Then dropped her. <laughs> Listen, we don't want to go too easy on you. <laughs> yeah, <Ow. laughs> exactly. Why wouldn't you just lower me down? Eh, that's not how heaven works, kid. Poof. All right. <laughs> As we will learn. So now we cut to the doctor, and this is the only doctor in town. Yes, Dr. Redenbacher. Yes. <laughs> and Dr. Redenbacher 
informs Charisma Carpenter that her son, the one who doesn't speak, the mute son, uh-huh. has asthma like he's giving an AIDS diagnosis. I, I wrote it down. I'm like, the mom reacts like this is an STD. She's like, he's four years old. He's not even sexually active yet. How right. could he have asthma? She she wants to enact the singer Lemon Law. She's like, so do you just snap his neck? Do I do it? Oh, do we put him in a bag filled with gaff? I don't know how this works. <laughs> Do I just, we just punch him until he stops moving. Right? I mean, listen, I don't want him to suffer. Like he's an inside out. She reacts to this diagnosis like he's an inside out baby. <laughs> Sorry to tell you, ma'am, but your son, he has a paper cut. No, right. He's so young, but he's so young. He's only four. Do you yeah, just give him a shot and put him age. down? Do you guys do you, incinerate do him have here or do I have to bring him home and bury him in the background with a little... <laughs> little fake toothpick cross or popsicle stick cross that's it that's yeah. it so yeah so he's got asthma and that is the worst thing that's ever happened to these spoiled brats so then we cut back to the house now we've got dad pulling up we get another little f- sepia flashback and everything <laughs> right, yeah but apparently when riley was a little girl she lived in a fabric softener commercial <laughs> yeah, exactly. when riley was a little girl she looked like a haunted doll <laughs> they did not get an attractive child for this scene. And so yes, yeah, so they, they they he pulls up and he's like having this flashback. We see blind Debo looking for a white man to face rape in the background yeah, there. Just, and again, no one addresses it. No one's like, really, just a guy wandering around with a bat. Yeah, that doesn't that doesn't strike you guys as it's odd. It's the first your... thing I would talk about, but no one in this movie ever addresses it. <laughs> no. And then uh, we get a little chat with the daughter, and this is the the moment in the movie. Where it, it really kind of hit home to me that like, okay, we're days from the funeral, from, from the grandpa's funeral. Like the girl was with him when he died. And yet all anybody wants to talk to her about is the divorce. They're like, cause dad kind of shows up to lean on her. Hey, you know, I'm having a rough time with this divorce. You think you can give me a little pep talk or something? Yeah, exactly. And also we it? should point out it is an 18 second conversation. He's like, Hey, yeah, it's me, your dad. So, uh, your mom talk about me? No, not really. All right, gotta go. I'm out. <laughs> and it, well, right. And the movie seems to like lose track of the fact that he's only been there for eight seconds because they act like they've had this big heart to heart. And he's like, "Yeah, well, I got to get to work." She's like, "Sure, are, did you did you just come from work and then go back?" In how, the much, last- how much? How much time just, did you allot for this? You just, right. <laughs> right? <laughs> you could have just minutes? texted me this. This seems like a text conversation right. rather <laughs> than a visit. <laughs> I wrote in my notes. It was a nice partial minute we had, though. Right. And then he goes, he goes, uh, uh, and also don't tell your mom I was here. And I was like, ooh, all yeah. right. Like, why, why the fuck not? And they pinky swear on that, by the way. We, get, we spend more time with the logistics of the pinky swear than we the do with the, of heaven. Yeah, well, or, or, well, that and with the like heart to heart with the daughter, like dad shows up and literally sixty percent of the time he spends talking to her is what is explaining what pinky swears mean. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Also, she's very skeptical of the pinky swear, and that is the only thing she will be skeptical of. This entire movie. She's like, well, I don't understand. Why would you use your smallest finger? Oh yeah, no, I've got magic healing powers and angels yeah, no. are all around us. But why would you use your fingers to make a contract? I think we need to write this out. <laughs> So we end that scene with a big string crescendo dad hug about right. how go he's visit the- your dads with go visit your kids without permission divorce dads this movie <laughs> right yeah exactly <laughs> so then we've got to cut back to okay and again like my 
the place I'm coming from to get to this movie is so weird that I don't, it takes me a while to get what's going on in these scenes, what we're supposed to be getting from these. But this next scene is all about see career women. You start, you think you're just going to be working full time and then suddenly they're making you work nights and it's always the job and you have no time for the family. So yeah, so she gets job raped into this photo shoot and grandma stops by. Doesn't just stop by. She's like also taking the pictures. It makes no fucking it, sense. Yeah. Yeah, really fucking weird. So, they, but they they had to force fit in this grandma and mom shot because she she presents her with problem <laughs> of evil, basically. Yeah, she's uh-huh. like, why? Where was your, if angels and old other dimensional gods are just hanging around waiting to help us? Where was your god when I lost my baby? Why didn't it make me better? And she's like, sheep dip. Wait, wait what? <laughs> the and actual response to yes. this is, but it go, gets even weirder <laughs> yeah, than that does. because she says sheep dip. <laughs> And then mom, Charisma, says, why? Which is a a really weird response to sheep dip. And she says, for the same reason that Halloween is no fun in a nudist colony. And I thought about these three sentences for hours. (laughs) Yes, I did too. I I stopped the movie and I'm like, I'm looking these up. I'm like, does this mean something to someone? Here's the translation. And I I was going through this like I was fucking re-annotating Shakespeare. (laughs) Sheep dip is a swear word which... Christians use to mean bullshit. Okay. So what she's saying is, what you just said is bullshit. That's why charisma says why. Why mm-hmm. do you think what I said was bullshit? To which she responds, for the same reason Halloween is no fun in a nudist colony. Everything's ha- fun in a nudist colony. Halloween anyway. <laughs> is no fun in a nudist colony because you can't wear costumes because no one wears clothes. Which is such bullshit, by the way, because you can wear an eye patch. Or a hair thing. Or or a, a, a fucking Guy Fawkes Paint. mask. All yeah. of that would be... You can anyway. still get the candy. <laughs> it falls apart. It, it, her, her, the metaphor falls apart. But basically, yeah. <laughs> trying to live life... Without God is like trying to be Halloween when you can't wear a costume. So the the answer to the problem of evil is bullshit. Why life is meaningless without God? Okay, so we're supposed to think of bad stuff when we hear when we're like presented with the mental image of Charisma Carpenter naked. Right. Okay. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I, exactly. I totally don't get. Yeah. This exactly. Fucking You're movie. supposed to be like, oh man, that wouldn't be a fun Halloween at all. What would I do on Halloween with a naked Charisma Carpenter? Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm not dressed like Shrek. How can I possibly enjoy this? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so grandma tells her, you know, your baby died and your marriage is falling apart because you're not Christian. The mom leaves her with a very explicit instruction to not tell her kids about this shit. Right. Which, by the way, is a real thing and a real problem of, yes. hey, you are my mother. I know you have these beliefs. Please don't inject them into my children because they can't think about them critically yet and spoiler alert she's gonna do it anyway no she's gonna leave this scene and go directly over to the house to go tell the fucking kids about jesus and angels and shit your mom doesn't want me to read you from this deepak chopra book but i'm doing it anyways anyways god stands for jim jim Genetics over dimensions. I don't know. (laughs) Boy, that sounds pretty Deepak. Um, So now we cut to the little girl who is... Okay, this is another thing that makes absolutely no fucking sense. We cut to the little girl. She's standing halfway in this wormhole, right? Right. Like she's, she's up in heaven. Yeah, like the top half of his of her is in heaven, the bottom of a half of her not so much. Now, she does this several times. Apparently, this is something that she can just do whenever she wants. She seems very uninterested in doing it. Oh, yeah. Super lame. <laughs> she, it's, because- it's like she just looks up. She's like, wow, I'm in heaven. That's weird. Oh, well, better go practice some soccer. Right. She comes down and the angels or whatever have done her hair like a prom whore. 
Like she's got fucking big curls. Like someone cornered her at Macy's and was like, this is so good for your hair, honey. Believe me, you're going to look amazing. And then she runs into little redhead soulless kid and he's like, wait, you look like you got face fucked by an angel. And she's like, no, no, never mind. Sorry. She it definitely to like, wasn't that. It was shakes something else. the fairy dust out of her hair. Right, and tells him that she's going to quit the soccer team, and this little ginger kid looks like he's going to hang himself over yeah, this. Exactly. Like, the next time we see him, he's just going to be sitting in a running car in the garage or whatever. He's like, well, now that she doesn't play fucking soccer, I don't have a chance. He just slits his wrist to say something. <laughs> <laughs> say something. So then we cut to uh, mom having lunch with Mitch where he gives her a $200 bonus. Again, he's em- her employer. She did a good job with her ripoff of Dickens story or whatever. Uh, perfectly appropriate for him to give her a bonus. Little inappropriate, I feel like, to try to fuck a girl that's working for you. I feel like that's that's probably, you know, there's no moral, ethical oh, way to is do it, that. Is but... it inappropriate to fuck someone who works for you? Cattle, oh, yeah, you're, meat, you're... black. <laughs> <laughs> so you're, uh, you're engaged to one of those, aren't you? Yeah, exactly. Um, it's like, it's like, but I'm not. I never did that. So, <laughs> so it's, it's, you know, I'm I, I'm like I'm like the uh, the sterling silver kettle calling the pot. Anyway, um, so so she has a um, she she gets her Fun own. Fun fact: column. that kettle was in the Matrix. He was the guy that offered the pills. <laughs> <to> the- <laughs> So, so, uh, Mitch kind of browbeats her into having her own column because he has to browbeat her into everything. Um, and, and again, I, I couldn't even, I, half the time I couldn't tell what was going on in this movie because it was all down home Dan Rather euphemisms from start to finish. <laughs> right, I'm pretty exactly. sure that's what was going on. Right. Well, cause that he goes, uh, so, you know, you and I are on the same team and she's like, I'm on a different team. And I'm like, gay stuff? Are they talking about gay? <laughs> That's the that's the only teams I've ever heard. He's gay? Yeah. And, She's and, gay. I Who's gay? <laughs> what they were going for in this was, I'm still married, Mitch. I'm not interested in him saying, well, not forever. But that that's, again, I'm guessing because they didn't have fucking subtitles to normal humans speak in this fucking movie. And then we get my least favorite scene in the fucking movie where dad shows up at her house, a strange dad who doesn't live here anymore, stands on her porch until she gets home so that he can bitch about her for having a job. Right. Very abusive. Again, just to what keep in mind. What the fuck is wrong with this movie? This is the, <laughs> like, if this was the bad guy, if this was the guy that at the end of the movie she had to shoot dead, I'd be okay with it. But this is the good guy. In this entire movie, we're supposed to be sympathetic to this poor dad who just wants to fucking beat his wife like the Bible tells yeah, him to. Exactly. And <laughs> oh, and by the way, at some point we're going to, he's going to get very defensive very quickly about get, about hitting her. But we'll talk about yeah, that. Yeah, right, right. He gets very defensive. Very, very wants to volunteer that information. But yeah, he's it? waiting on the porch for her and he's like, you didn't tell me you were going to get a job. And she's like, we're not married anymore or we're about to not be married anymore i don't have to do that and he's like you don't tell me what to do and again just to keep in mind compare the two the bad guy quote unquote in this movie just gave her two hundred dollars and offered her her own column he's about Mm -hmm. to give her a computer the good guy in this movie stalked her to the front of her porch to scream at her about supporting herself and her children Uh uh-huh yeah (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) And the Christian test audiences definitely weren't happy with Dean Kane having a wife making money. They were right. pretty pissed. Did she just run in $200? She might as well fuck him with a strap on. You guys better fix this. Is there this. a way he can hit her in the mouth? You know, when she talks all smart to him. <laughs> hit her in the mouth. Man, that is coming up a lot. That is coming up and- a lot. Thank you guys so much. So, so now we go to, um, 
uh, mom coming into the daughter's room while she's looking at dead grandpa pictures, which is really the only nod we ever give in this movie to the trauma this little girl's going through. Well, the she dead knocks dad on the door thing. and she goes, who is it? And I was like, it's the mailman. Who the fuck do you think it is? We live in this house. Uh, and then the dog gets off the bed. And again, dog pulls focus hard. Yeah. Pulls focus hard. I'm not 100% sure what they said. I went back and rewatched it. But as the dog gets off the bed, the dog sort of stands on the bed. So we get a really centralized shot of the dog's open asshole for like 40 <laughs> seconds while they're like, I don't know. I miss grandpa. And the dog's just like, <laughs> 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 well, you really were paying attention to that dog. V- eventually, the writers definitely, yeah, they were like, all right, we got to write this dog out of the story. I don't know how we're exactly. going to do that. <laughs> yeah. Should we kill the dog? Is that good for a movie? I don't know. Yeah. Why don't we give always... the dog asthma? <laughs> <laughs> so, and this is where this is to the, yeah, okay. I know I said this about the last scene, but this is the most offensive scene to me <laughs> where the little girl says to mom, she's like, Grandma came over and talked to us about angels in heaven. Now, this is like literally like right after we get the scene where the mom's like, don't give Mike, don't tell my kids about your wacky fucking crazy religious shit. The very th- next thing apparently that grandma did was go tell their, her kids about her wacky religious yeah. bullshit. There's a scene cut from this movie where grandma gets in her car and she's like, don't tell me who not to indoctrinate into my fucking cult, you little bitch. I'll go right now. Tell her. Hey, how's it going? You guys want to hear about dimensions? Come on, sit on down. Yeah. Grandma's going to read to you from the secret. <laughs> And the little girl's going, I think grandma's right. I think there is a heaven. And, and the mom says, that's because you're young and don't have like your critical thinking <laughs> faculties completely. And again, and I'm sitting here, I'm beating off to mom at this point. I'm like, tell her again, mom. Tell her oh, again. Yeah, I'm exactly. loving it. Yeah, she goes, yeah, uh, grandma's going to die soon. So that's why she thinks there's <laughs> angels. Yes. But, uh, you know, that problem will just uh, kind of work itself out right. soon, And this is the you know ontological saying. debate section where she's basically like, yeah, the, I don't believe in that. And she's like, well, I do. Because the other night I had a dream and I wrote, Oh, you had a dream? Well, fuck me, Thomas Aquinas. Let's call CNN. Your dream didn't seem like a dream? Fuck me. Oh, well, in that case. Let me just change my religion. (laughs) I didn't realize 12-year-olds could have dreams. You just blew my asshole out the back of my neck. (laughs) What was my asshole doing there in the first place? I have no idea. (laughs) <laughs> and, and yeah, so the girl's arguing with Bob. And she goes, uh, "Could could you prove there's no angels, though? Can you prove it for uh, sure?" Yeah. And Mom's like, uh, "No, but that's a stupid argument." And your grandma's a big fat liar when she talks <laughs> about knowing about angels and seeing them. So I love that. Yeah, love fucking atheist. But talk, talk dirty to me some more. Tell me, yeah. tell me more about Russell's teapot, Mom. Yeah, I'm right. loving it. <laughs> and this is also, by the way, when we when we find out that Brunswick, the dog, the pug, is also sick. And I'm just like, I, that's where I started writing down. It's like, everyone is in this movie is dying. Was there, like, nuclear fallout that they're not telling us about? Yeah, exactly. And this is the first time we get this. The the little girl ETs the dog to health or something. There's some weird glowing lights. It's kind of a Green Mile ripoff. Yeah, exactly. Right. And then all of a sudden, the dog who was old and wasn't, uh, you know, very energetic is now hopping up and running around like Fun it's young fact, again. The dog was in the Green Mile. It was the guy who has the mouse and gets executed at the end. That's what the dog was. Oh, right on, right on. As long as you do that with white people and black people, it's not racist anymore. Uh, so then we go... Back to the disappearing soccer ball tree. And, okay, so they're standing there. She shows the little ginger kid that she can make soccer balls reappear, disappear. This little ginger kid seems to have no interest whatsoever in like, hey, let's walk through that portal and see what happens. <laughs> right, right, exactly. She's got a heaven portal 
and she's like, all right, check out this awesome trick with a soccer ball. I kick a soccer ball into the heaven yeah, portal. Yeah, that's, that's what that's she does with her I heaven portal. To do with this. <laughs> Look, I have a portal to the afterlife, and when I throw things into it, it comes back. That's great. And that's all <laughs> she ever does with it. Now, so while they're standing there, we hear a, a car wreck. Now, this sounds like a semi just plowed into a fucking bus or something like that. I mean, right. we have- they use the same Foley sounds as left behind it for when the plane hit the gas tank and everything in the airfield exploded. <laughs> yes. But what we actually had here was an old man hitting a cat. Right. His I mean, there were cat. screeching tires, breaking fucking glass. You could hear the car roll over several times. But when they get there, it's just a man who has accidentally run over his own cat. Right. Yeah. Which she miracles back to life. He's which she miracles back to life, and he's like, "Oh, thank you." And she just like, "Okay, bye," and just runs away. No every, one reacts to miracles in this movie the way they should. Everyone no. reacts to miracles like, "Oh, thanks." That's I pre- weird. It's like when someone drops something, you're like, "Oh, let me get that for you." And he's like, "Oh, I appreciate it." <laughs> That's it. That's it. now. I, I think this is worth pointing out too because the movie spends zero time on this. Fifteen minutes ago, the girl did not have magic healing powers. Now she does. We really get no explanation. There's no moment where she realizes she has these powers or anything. She just picks up the dog and magics him back to life and, and, and seems to know she can do that with the cat. And when she does, her little ginger friend looks to her and says, are you okay? Yeah. F- fucking what? Yeah. <laughs> Are you? Uh, yeah, yeah, I think I'm, I'm fine. Yeah. Okay. So now she goes into the house and her mom, and she has this talk with her mom, which again is so absurd where she's like, so you're going to work every day now? Seriously? Like a job? I bet they pay you, don't they? You fucking whore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, daughter is clearly not happy about this having a job. I liked Shit. it better when abusive daddy lived here. <laughs> right. <laughs> you yes. didn't work. You just stayed home all day. <laughs> Watched my mute brother die of the asthma rickets. <laughs> <laughs> Held ice over one half of your face and told me not to worry about it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and apparently when she walks in, mom's on the phone with old man Smithers or whatever, that, whose cat she just res- resurrected. And she says, why does old man Smithers want to give you $20, Riley? Now, this should be a serious concern, okay? When right. your cute 12-year-old daughter comes home, yeah. old man has been calling <laughs> saying, I really want to give her $20, but I don't want to tell you why. <laughs> <laughs> that should concern the fuck out of you right I, there. There should I be cops my eyes at the door. And I sucked veganase out of a hole. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know it was worth 20 bucks. <laughs> Someone should tell old man Smithers his miracle whip is spoiled. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> fuck. <laughs> so, um, so mom has a, a stern talking to with Riley about this. She's like, uh, did you magically heal a cat, young lady? Like she's mad at her. And then Riley walks away, walks into the other room where the asthma brother is mm-hmm. and heals the asthma brother. And mm-hmm. mom's like following behind her, still mad. Like, I saw that flash of light, young lady. Did you magically remove your brother's asthma? Did you rather magically remove his asthma? We are atheists in this house. We do not magically heal things. We are atheists. <laughs> That's mom's attitude through this whole fucking the movie. Whole movie. When it's very clearly decided that she has healing powers, mom's attitude is still don't heal people. And look, 
I want to take a moment right now to address this. If I found out that someone I loved have healing powers, I would fucking strap them to a gurney and run them up and down children's wards at hospitals yes. for the next. The rest of this movie would just be me being like, yep, touch that person and that person and that person. <laughs> that Come nice. on, we're getting in the car. We're driving to all of the hospitals possible. I don't know, mom. What if there are bad consequences? Not as many consequences as it happens if we let all these people yes. die. Get in the fucking car or exactly. I will drag you and drag you back and forth across cancer patients' faces <laughs> for the next week. <laughs> well, I wrote in my notes here. I'm like, okay, she knows she has healing powers now. Every scene she does not spend in an oncology ward is Hitler-level evil <laughs> yes. at this point. For the rest of the fucking movie, everything she does that is not in an oncology ward is just evil to the point of unforgivable. And yet this movie does not remotely address that. As a matter of fact, the fucking the, the, the shit she heals is mostly hamsters and people who have vision but not very good vision and yeah. shit like that. She only goes to one <laughs> fucking person with a fatal illness when she has the super magic healing powers what the fuck is wrong with these people that didn't even occur to them they didn't even feel like they had to address that in the script oh she can't heal terminal stuff or something oh they do address no. it they do address it <laughs> yes. because we're going to there's going to be a scene and we'll talk about it there's going to be a scene where someone's like hey here's the real illness can you fix this and she's like mm, mom said i should no. and the person's yeah. just like well you gotta do what you gotta do oh god yeah we'll get to that one. Oh, so she goes to heal her little brother's asthma and her brother is breathing with his asthma like he's in an iron lung yeah he's like yeah. <laughs> it's like give that kid his puffer he'll be fine <laughs> people with asthma aren't bedridden in the middle of the day it's not how asthma works well it uh, and it also doesn't work where you know little girls touch you and there's a light and it's gone either i breathe much easier when a little girl's touching me <laughs> Don't check my internet history. I love that this is going to be every bit as bad as the rape movie. That's yeah, awesome. Exactly. We should be proud of that. Try. That one was a little bit too tough. I'm going to listen to this episode of God Awful Movies <laughs> for a nice mm, And then I like it when they crawl inside me. It's like cotton candy over a paper cut. <laughs> so then we come back. All right. Now we get to the entrepreneurial part of this movie right she's become the peter popoff of local pets <laughs> yes <laughs> yes so all the kids are lined up to join her pet healing cult for one dollar a piece and apparently again there was a fucking there's nuclear fallout in this town because everybody's pet is dying like right. there's like 86 <laughs> kids in line with sickly ass pets fucking iguana with a nail through his head dragging a dead dog by the leash or whatever <laughs> this is the sickliest goddamn town in america right exactly and so grandma finds out and she comes in and she's like hey you can't charge for heavenly gifts and i wanted so badly just a montage of people who charge for quote-unquote heavenly gifts just joel <laughs> osteen and peter <laughs> and Every fucking 77 club or whatever the fuck it is. Yeah, right, right. Oh, I guess you can. Never mind. You're only yep. charging a dollar? Go for 50. Go for yeah, 50. Yeah, right. Exactly. You're, you're fucking lowballing yourself. But this is the, this is the universe that this movie lives in. Grandma shows up, finds out that her granddaughter is magically healing pets. And her response is, you're not allowed to charge for heavenly gifts, hon. And then she leaves. Right. And then uh, before she leaves, she throws an anti-ginger hate slur at Chunk for having orange hair. <laughs> That's important. And and she makes him give the money back. And this made no sense. 
Grandma yells at them. She says, you can't do that. You got to give the money back. And Chunk has to go. He walks out yeah, to the line uh, of people that are waiting. They're holding dollars. They're waiting to pay. Yeah. And he hands them dollars. It's, <laughs> which, I, 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 I had no idea. <laughs> what, what, what's I, happening I, you know it's funny because as I'm watching that scene I'm like that is the weirdest stupidest thing this movie has done and I probably won't even mention it because it'll be so hard to explain in the show but yes he's going like you don't pay back the people who are here's still, your refund I wait, haven't paid yet yeah. here's your refund just, I'm not she's, super smart as you can tell I'm a little heavy set which means at 18 in this town I turn <laughs> <laughs> well, I, Grandma just needs to see me giving this money to people. You can give it back later if you want your pet healed. Yeah, exactly. So, and and then we get she's she's doing her little healing thing, and we cut to the the babysitter shows up or whatever while she's mid healing, and the um she's telling some kid giving somebody dietary recommendations for well, their wait. gerbil. Yeah, she's giving. Uh, before that, Mitch pulls up. Oh, in right, his right. car and sees a line of children and automatically a full grown man takes his phone out of his pocket and starts to videotape children. That's creepy. From his car. <laughs> exactly. He doesn't know anything yet. Then he goes up to a little girl. He's like, Hey, what's going on? And the little girl explains, my mom says if my rabbit shits again, she's going to kill him. <laughs> That's what she said. That's what she's like. He keeps dropping little pellets around, and mom says if he does that again, he's gonna be real sick. And it's cutesy bootsy, but what that means is her mom's like, if it turns, I didn't know your pet was gonna shit. Well, you better keep that from happening. You better plug up its asshole, or else mama's gonna give him a crunch down. Well, but at the same time, the the, the real key to this to this scene is that you've now got the reporter like questioning a four-year-old girl about what's going on in the neighborhood and then taking everything she says, including magic shit, completely credulously. Right. He's like, well, well, that's world-breaking news. This little girl thinks that someone's going to cure her rabbit of shitting. (laughs) (laughs) So now we've got it. We haven't seen mom being a bitch to Dean Cain yet, or grandma rather, and we've seen her being a bitch to everybody else. So now we have to cut to grandma being a a bitch to Dean Cain. Now, I want to point out, so she's at the, at the shop where, where dad works. I want to point out that in the very last scene where we saw grandma, she saw that the little girl has healing powers, magical healing powers. That is not what she's come to discuss with oh, dad. At all. At all. She's here to talk about Charisma Carpenter. <laughs> yeah. And how he needs to save the marriage. She's like, uh, hey, she doesn't want to talk to you. And he's like, why? And she's like, she's uh, she's scared of you. And he instantly is like, I never laid a hand on her. Yeah. That bitch is yeah, a fucking exactly. liar. Sometimes women fall down and they hit their eye on a thing. And then a good man like me, whatever happened to innocent till proven guilty? When I was a kid, my mom made me take diarrhea medicine. And you can't prove to me that there's a major. Oh, okay, Dean, Dean, we were just. She I just doesn't being, want to talk right now. What, what are you? Ta- I never touched her left eye. Her <laughs> eyes. Her. I never touched her. What did she tell you? What exactly did she tell you? It's very important. <laughs> then we reinforce the whole fat, fat people can't think right uh, mm-hmm. a thing that this movie does. Because then we cut to mom and she's signing someone up to a contract Boy, with the. This is the best opening line to a scene in <laughs> yeah, any Christian movie we have ever seen. <laughs> the opening line is. What's a POV mean? <laughs> and man, was I disappointed that this scene did not turn out to be what I thought it was. I was like, oh, yeah. I, came. I just automatically came. I saw Charisma Carpenter having a man sign a contract that said POV on it. And I was already, I was already out. I was on my thumb. I was up to the wrist in my own ass. And yet. 
It's not what it turned out to be. She's writing a story about a, a, a moron who runs a diner. Damn and, it. By the way, Netflix paused for me right before this. Right before Julie's <laughs> about to explain what POV means, Netflix <laughs> paused it for me. It was fantastic. But yeah, like you said, the answer was not what uh, what I was hoping for. <laughs> a picturing a flat cut of it, it pausing and then while it buffers, you're setting up candles and getting lotion. <laughs> kicking Noah and Lucinda out of the house. Get the fuck out of the house. Get the fuck out of the house. <laughs> this is going to be noisy. This is going to be noisy. Uh- <laughs> Don't look directly at me. <laughs> oh, shit. Now, this scene is going to be so downhill from that moment. So so Mitch <laughs> shows up while she's doing that, and they have one of many conversations that goes like this in the movie. Your daughter heals animals. My daughter doesn't heal animals. Yes, she does. Well, I, she better stop that. I want to do a news story about it. Yeah. No. Oh. <laughs> uh, you sure? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Positive. <laughs> Write a story about your magic daughter, damn it. Right, exactly. Uh, and he, by the way, he, he comes into her, pl- into this place where she's working and he's like, Hey, I got some uh, videos of your children that I took from my car. And she's like, Oh, cool. Let me see. There's no moment where she's like, Why would you just take video of my children? That's my daughter in it's our terrible. backyard. Right. Why do you have videos of little kids on your phone? Why is the camera shaking up and down? No, don't worry about it. The car, the car was bouncy. It was bumpy. Bumpy car. Parked. <laughs> um, and and oh, oh, there's also a great moment where she goes, "Hey, I haven't gotten him to sign the contract." She's talking about the stupid guy at the at the bar, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Oh, don't worry, he'll sign anything. He's he's handicapped." He's, <laughs> <laughs> haven't you seen Making a Murderer? You can just say the same thing at them over and over again. They'll agree to anything. It's great. <laughs> so now we get um, mom getting home. The babysitter's there. She asked the babysitter, "Hey, did you give uh, did you give Asthma Boy his medicine?" She's like, "Yeah, I did, but you know, he seems to be uh, magically healed." Yeah, he doesn't uh, need it anymore. Apparently, we we you know my my assessment of his asthma as a you know whatever third year college student, yeah, right, exactly, exactly, is that he no longer requires <laughs> medicine. Oh, you mean that the medicine's working? No, no, I think he's he cured. Just, he just magically doesn't have asthma anymore. You know that when your asthma's treated, it doesn't mean you don't have asthma. It just means that you don't have the symptoms anymore. Mm, I don't no, know what no, any no. of those words no. mean. I think it was Jesus. I'm pretty sure it was, uh, it was Jesus or yep. Deepak. It was one. Yeah. And so then mom goes to confront the daughter. About all this damn magic animal healing and how she needs to cut it the fuck out. Well, but but first she asks the babysitter what's going on. Yes. She goes, uh, I just have a question. Um, I heard a rumor. Was my daughter operating a a magical pet healing business <laughs> while you were babysitting her? And the babysitter says, uh, uh, I gotta I'm not go, sure. I gotta go. You I'm should ask 10%. her. You I should ask it. her. Get a new babysitter. This <laughs> yeah, is a right, horrible, right. horrible hire. <laughs> uh, I, I, you know what? I, I my lawyer isn't present. I need to be. I, I don't. I don't recall. I don't recall. (laughs) (laughs) So mom goes to talk to her about, she's like, is this more of that angel nonsense? And during this uh, conversation, the daughter gets the black lung cough. Right. You know, she has one cough. (laughs) And um, sounds like a fucking 56 year old man or something like that. Right. But what we're supposed to get from this now is I guess that she's taking all the sins on for herself. So I wrote down in my notes, I bet they crucify her in Act 3. <laughs> oh, that'd be awesome. Oh, Debo just stabs her in the side with a spear. Yeah. <laughs> um, so now we cut to Action News Lady, 
who will fuck your mouth if you are lying to her. <laughs> Action news lady might as well be electrocuting Mitch's ball. She's like, you listen to me, Mitch. You promised me a faith-healing little girl. If I don't have a faith-healing little girl, I'm going to crawl on top of you. I'm going to do a handstand. I'm going to lower you inside me. You understand, you little fat bitch? And Mitch is like, I got it, lady. I got it. She puts his thumb in his mouth. Yeah, right. <laughs> Yeah, so so Mitch has told her about the magic animal healing, and she comes and she's like, and she's like, how do you know that there's magical animal healing? And he says, well, the local kids really believe there's magical animal healing. So now I don't have any time for shenanigans. Is this little girl a real necromancer, or am I wasting my fucking time? I need hard sources. I'm a serious local news lady. I don't have time for this. Um, (laughs) other children also believe in magic. Good, good enough for me. I'm gonna call CNN right now. (laughs) <laughs> All right, but I'm going to skin your testicles if it turns out to not be true, goddammit. I'll pull every hair off of your body. I'll murder you and see if she can heal your ass. So then we cut over to Dr. Redenbacher, who is telling them that now Morgan is asthmaless. Oh, and Debo, the guy who hangs out on his porch with a baseball bat threatening people, he's a janitor at the doctor's office. Yeah, yeah, he works at the hospital there, apparently. Exactly. Um, you know, it's, it's good to have blind janitors. They do, they do a great job, generally. Oh, uh, you missed the spot. Missed a whole bunch of spots, motherfucker. <laughs> I'm blind. <laughs> So the the doctor tells mom she's like uh, he's like oh you know I don't uh, uh, your kid doesn't have asthma anymore it disappeared she says is that possible the doctor says if you believe in miracles she says do you believe in miracles he says I didn't before <laughs> yeah he said that's the kind of the entire movie is like that the entire movie like any two lines that I picked are that fucking cheesy yeah he right. goes if I didn't know better I'd say it's a miracle and mom's like but you. You do know better, right? Because I'm not going to keep paying you. It's, it's, you're, you're a doctor. You're a, you're a doctor. You're aware of symptom remission, right? And he's like, no, no. Maybe I do and maybe I don't. Wink. <laughs> right. I'm a medical practitioner. <laughs> Ooh-hoo. <laughs> so now we get, to me, like the most bizarre Reaction. Okay, so n- nobody, and it's a challenge for a writer. I admit, when you when you write a movie where you have so, you introduce something like magic healing powers, it's very difficult to get people within the movie to react correctly to this, and with that, you know, the entire movie not being people reacting to it. But it's it's it, it's they did it so poorly that it's almost difficult to get them to react this bad <laughs> yeah, to it. Yes, yeah, exactly. It's not even close. Mom's clearly it, she's in a harumph. She's in a bad mood because her son just got cured of asthma and by it's, her magic and it's, healing daughter and it's challenging her lack of faith that yes. her son got cured of it i thought the universe was indifferent what the fuck <laughs> seriously C- crumbling around me i got all these sam harris books so i gotta fucking throw them out <laughs> riley promise me you'll stop helping people don't make me say this again this is an atheist family. Do not continue helping people. She's she, mad. Actually, that is a direct quote. She says, promise me you will stop helping people. But before she says that, she turns to Riley. They're walking down this hallway. She turns to, and this is such a weird walking down the hallway scene because it's a really long and like five different times mom stops to like emphasize something. But at any rate, the, the way that it opens, she says, Riley, you know there are consequences. If you use magic healing powers, <laughs> what? Yeah. Fucking <laughs> what? 
She like she talks to her about the risk of using magical healing powers. Like she just caught her blowing her boyfriend. Right. And it's very much <laughs> like that. By the way, she's like, you can't just go out and heal everybody. Right. Exactly. Then you're gonna be one of those girls who just take her out to Arby's and you get healed in the background. You, know? <laughs> you don't want that reputation. Trust me. I know. I ended up with Dean Kane. Look what happened. <laughs> Well, also, she says, you're playing God. And I want to point out, people who heal people are not playing God. No. When she says, you have to stop helping people even though you could, that's playing God. <laughs> the to help and not doing it, that's playing God. Just to clarify. Yeah, no, helping people is playing that. Do- well, playing doctor has its own little meaning. But yes, exactly, exactly. Completely different thing. But no, mom wants more people to die because she's an atheist and that's what atheists do. And believe it or not, Mom's character arc is going to get more offensive before it's over. But before we can get to that, we need to pause for another quick break. So let me give this last bit the hard sell. Will Riley learn to value human life? Will Debo (laughs) murder a white person with his bat? Will Grandma get dicked into being less ornery? Find out the answer to these questions and more when we return for the befuddling conclusion of Heaven's Door. Hi, I'm No Illusions of the Scathing Atheist Podcast and the Christian Movie Actor Recovery Program, and this is Dean Kane. You may remember him from the New Adventures of Superman, Out of Time, or his little bit on burn notice, but now Dean Kane needs your help. That's right. Recently it's come to our attention that Dean Kane has been diagnosed with Christianity. And with your help, We at the Christian Movie Actor Recovery Program would like to save his career before it's too late. For just a dollar a day, you can help Dean and many actors like him get agents who don't end calls with Praise God, introduce him to casting directors who don't wear crucifixes, and reintroduce him to the world of cinema before it's too late. Don't let there be another Kevin Sorbo. Don't let there be another Melissa Joan Hart. Don't let there be another Kirk Cameron. The Christian Movie Actor Recovery Program. Because growing up shouldn't have to mean going crazy. Hello, guys and gals. I'm Dr. Chip Whitley, Ph.D. And I'm Reverend Stan Stasselstoff. And together, we'd like to thank you for considering Liberty University's online school of Christian movie news reporting. We know that the job of a Christian movie news reporter can seem intimidating, but as you'll learn in this course, it's easier than you think as long as you remember the five S's. Number one, sources. Being a good Christian movie news reporter is all about cultivating good sources. So what makes a good source? Well, ideally, it'll be an adolescent girl you just met. And if you're not sure if a source can be trusted, just ask yourself, how plucky is she? The pluckier, the better. Number two, scoops. Well, what is a scoop? Well, that would be whatever a prepubescent girl claims upon meeting you. The less plausible, the better. Once you got a scoop in your hands, be sure to scowl incredulously at first, but then follow up on that lead voraciously, even if it means breaking every code of journalistic ethics you can think of, as well as committing felony B&E. Number three, stories. What makes a good story? Every fucking thing. Little kids playing soccer? Front page. Old lady with cancer, living in a dilapidated house, bought an orphan a bike, stop the presses. Four-year-old thinks some kid in her neighborhood can use Jesus magic to heal rabbits with diarrhea? Pulitzer fucking prize. Pulitzer fucking prize indeed. Number four, staff. 
As a Christian movie news reporter, you'll never have to go it alone. You'll be surrounded by a confident team of people who don't really do stuff, but they're still always there, looking important. Unless you're in TV news, in which case your camera operator will be fat and incompetent. And number five, Scorpion Horse Locusts. When you're covering news in Christian movies, there's about a 50% chance that you're going to witness the biblical apocalypse. If you do, be sure to make friends with the pilot. He probably has a hot daughter. And whatever you do, don't let them cast Lou Gossett Jr. in the third one, or you'll be a fucking afterthought. And we're back. When we last left off, Riley was being told to let the miserable die, but damn it if these magic healing powers aren't just what the doctor ordered to get mom and dad back together. So we're going to open the next seat on a bench where they're meeting to discuss this unlikely turn of events. (laughs) Also, Christian movie bingo, meeting on a bench in the middle of nowhere to talk about a single (laughs) subject. Yeah, that could have been discussed over the phone. Yeah. Uh-huh. And by the, the way, talking the talking bench. Yeah, let's meet at the talking bench. <laughs> yeah, right. in the park. The talking bench. Also, I wanted to point out there's this moment where she go uh, he's like, "But she told me that Morgan hadn't coughed in a week." And she's like, "Well, that could be the medication, that could be a lapse of symptoms." Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and he's like, "Yeah, no, sounds like a magic daughter to me." You're right. <laughs> sounds like uh, I don't know what all of those words were. <laughs> And the thing that we're really supposed to be uh, taking away from that this scene is that dad still wants to work it out, you frigid, barren husk of a useless woman. Right. He has this fantastic moment where he goes, I need something from you first. And she goes, what? And I wanted him so bad to be like, a, a blowjob? <laughs> I mean, a chance. A chance. A chance. I, uh, ch- uh, sorry. I just want to see how you were going to react if you said yes. <laughs> yeah, so exactly. I was, just, I was just kidding. I was just kidding. I felt like you started to lean down. Did you, it's, it, it felt like you were bending. You, were, you started to kneel. No. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to zip back up. Sorry. All right. Sorry. So yeah. now we go to – again, I've, I've probably already said this three or four times, but I mean it this time. The most bizarre and offensive scene in this fucking movie. Oh. Yes. This is where – okay, Riley is with the babysitter and and the ghost child little sister – and she's tempted to cure the ghost child, but mom told her to stop curing people, so she doesn't. Now, well, wait. <laughs> the babysitter believes her younger sister, who has cancer, could be cured by this girl's healing yes. powers. Uh-huh. So she says, will you please cure my sister? And she's like, I'm sorry, I can't. My mom says no. Yeah. And she's just like, meh. What are you she, do? she says, well, you know, you gave your word. Fuck that. I would go John Q on that bitch. I'd have a gun to her fucking head. I'd be like, cure the cancer in my little sister, you slut. Yeah, exactly. Oh, you don't want to cure the cancer in my sister? It's going to be really hard for you to, like, keep your promises to mommy if I slice off your face. Yeah, right, right, exactly. How many more nails do I need to put in your leg before you say yes? I mean, you know, like, I don't normally endorse hammering nails into 12-year-old girls, but this is one of those situations where waterboarding is completely appropriate. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I switched over. I'm back on Sam Harris's side. <laughs> if it cures the fucking... Once the rules of the Geneva Convention go out the window when people have magic powers yes, that could that cure they your refuse cancer... to use for your cancer, sister. But they don't sister. feel like it. And <laughs> right. by the way, that is what should happen to this character. In a realistic movie, she should be forced at gunpoint forever to cure yes! all the illness. The <laughs> needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. There's no... There's one libertarian who would be like, well, I don't know if I want her curing it. Fuck you. Fuck you, man. Shut up. You get back on the internet where you belong. The rest of us are going to be juicing this girl in a press like seven angels stomping on her so people can drink her blood in Africa. <laughs> yeah, so, sorry, I can't heal your cancer. I promised my 
atheist mom, I wouldn't do it. It's going to make her look stupid in front of my Christian grandma. You get that, right? You get, it'd be awkward. They have, a, they have an argument going. Can't do it. Also, the little girl, and the moment the little girl goes, can you see the angels too? I was like, oh, that's nice. She's getting medical marijuana. That's good. <laughs> Glad they're she's here. Can you see the angels? Also, are you hungry? Have you ever really had munchos? They're like in, they feel like Papadam, but they're in a bag. <laughs> <laughs> I want to explain the red eyes she had going, I guess, the albino exactly. look or whatever. Crazy billionaire money, I replace all of that character's lines with just stoner things. Like, <laughs> oh, man, I'm freaking out. Is that a siren? Oh. <laughs> How do you know if someone's a cop? How do you know? There's like a thing. There's a question that they have to answer honestly, right? They have to, they have to tell you. <laughs> you guys think I'm an asshole. I'm not an asshole. Why do you guys... <laughs> I know you all think I'm an is asshole. Every, is everybody mad at me? Do I talk too much? I is talk everybody too much. mad at me? <laughs> so now we go over to, uh, th- th- this is where we start to have to try to make Mitch into a bad guy character. Because uh, right. he's trying to exploit the daughter's magic pow- uh, healing powers to get a story. Not to heal anyone. <laughs> No, right. No, of but to not. get a fucking story for his, uh, for, for action news, apparently that matters to him. Right. So she says no. Mitch sells him out. So, you know, action news can come and do a, does this local ch- child have magic powers story like news channels right. tend to do. Tend to do. And they, by the way, they show up and we can tell that action news, all this girl's, um, Character description was just ball buster because all mm-hmm. we see her do is yell at her cameraman. Or, her or cameraman, Mitch, yeah. She's right. like, how are you not ready? Are you not ready yet, you fucking piece of shit? You better just point that camera at me because I'm a news person. I work for the news. <laughs> so, yes, and, and again, this is another little Christian movie bingo moment. Based on nothing but a four-year-old with a sick rabbit telling a fucking dude that the girl has magic healing powers, now suddenly there are news reporters, all the locals are gathering around her house like they fucking just found out Jesus was in there or something. All the sickly, they're bringing, bringing people, invalids on beds and shit to her and everything. They're all lining up in front of the house, and mom and dad are inside arguing about what to do next. Also, credit where credit is due. Because, again, this movie – there is one funny thing that happens in this movie. Mitch, when he sells out the family to the news, tells Wally that Wally has to make sure that his his sign for the newspaper is in every shot. So behind the news reporter, Wally is just wandering around behind her with the sign. Okay, but he has – correct me if I'm wrong. He has a – a house foreclosure sign, like a That's percent. What, yes. like. what does that have anything to do with the I, the newspaper? I have no idea what's <laughs> happening. And no by the idea. Way, Wally is dressed like W. C. Fields in this scene for <laughs> yes. no fucking reason. He's got the sign upside down at one point. Yeah, and he's just <laughs> like parading it behind her. But that if that was intentionally funny, it was funny. He's wearing the big wide ass tie. He's got the mm-hmm. fucking charcoal beard going and everything. It was insane. <laughs> So, and uh, while mom and dad are having this conversation inside, now this is where this movie really lays down its its thesis. Because the mom is saying, the mom is trying to deny that the daughter has magic healing powers. And, you know, the reasoning for this is she says, if you, this is a direct quote, she said, if you had the power to heal, it would be your obligation to use it. 
Yeah. Which is true. Well, dad asks her that. Dad yeah. asks yeah. her that. And, and then she exactly. says, well, I don't know if it would be your obligation <laughs> to use it or not. And then, and then they're like, and the dad's going like, well, what about the cat? And what about the dog? And what about this? And she's like, well, I don't know. And I wrote in my notes, yeah, atheists are always ignoring the evidence, aren't they? Yeah, exactly. They just won't accept the goddamn evidence. Yeah. This is like the actual single moment of sanity from Dean Kane's character. He goes, um, they're arguing about the daughter's magic. He goes, if, she can heal things, though. If she can, that's a good thing, right? And the mom's like, not if it means there's a god. What the fuck are you talking about? What have we been saying this whole time? Look at the, look at all these little upside-down A's that I have in my house. Come on, man. <laughs> I belong to all these parenting organizations. I got just not give change my whole fucking podcast why don't yeah. you so so riley goes out she's sick and tired of hearing amaria so she goes out on the lawn and everybody gathers around her to touch her it's really kind it's of like perverse. a zombie horde a, a bunch of yeah. zombies almost <laughs> kill riley exactly but debo comes from across the street to save her so and when he does she heals his 20 percent vision and now he can see once more right and also, I, I had a question, because up until this point, everything she's cured, she has gotten. And I was like, is she going to be blind in this movie <laughs> exactly. now? <laughs> but she's not. Don't worry. No. She's well, not. I, and I love that that they, that they that they throw that in there, because most of the stuff she healed was from animals. So she's right. got, like, feline leukemia she's and got heartworms now yeah. and heartworm. Yeah. <laughs> so now the um, – and, and they really don't explain this really either, because the – the news lady was standing right there when the whole healing the blind guy thing happened. But then the very next scene we see is the uh, ball buster lady saying, well, contrary to numerous reports, there was no healing here today. Which is not news. No. It's not. None of this was new. Why would you? What was she airing the first part live? I guess. <laughs> just, just in. Nothing happened. These children were lying about magic. God damn it, Karen. You got to get on your. You got to get on your shit. Mob of sick people attacked a little girl, but nobody was healed. That Again, for, sure. for the 15th time this month, I apologize. <laughs> for just instantly believing everyone who told me that magic was real. <laughs> Get in the car, cameraman. You better not have forgotten my fucking purse. <laughs> I'll slit open your ball sack. So, so the daughter comes out after she's like, I guess, recovered from her healing moment or whatever. She comes to talk to mom and dad about the uh, the healing powers. And basically, she just tells them the story of this movie, complete with right. flashbacks. And I wrote in my notes, hey, hey, movie, I was here for this right? part. <laughs> Mom, at one point, she goes, Mom goes, I'm so confused, and I'm sure that wasn't in the script. Yeah. That was just her honest reaction. Charisma Carpenter's next words out of her mouth were, what the fuck is supposed to be happening in this scene again? (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. I need to go to my trailer and sniff something. (laughs) So she goes out. She hugs Devo. And I got to say, honestly, this was a bit of a tear-jerking moment because uh, compared to the rest of this movie, Tiny Lister can act. Oh, yeah. He's fantastic. (laughs) I, I mean, he's, he's you know, it. you put him in most movies and he's the weakest link or whatever, but in this fucking movie, he shined. Absolutely. And he was so fantastic when he was in The Revenant and he attacked Leonardo DiCaprio <laughs> and he bit him and he's, oh, and then Leonardo DiCaprio has to escape. Oh, he was so good. <laughs> so Grandma goes, well, now do you believe it? I'm like, yes. If of magic course. shit that never happens happened, everyone would believe. <laughs> There's no portal to heaven. We haven't ignored the portal to heaven. (laughs) But see, that seemed to be this movie's theological message was like, hey, if there was no God, then little girls would never get healing powers and there wouldn't be portals to heaven. Now would there? So proof by contradiction, obviously. 
And then, <laughs> so the portal closes, and the little girl turns around and she goes, guys, the portal's closed. If I help anyone, there are consequences. And here's the thing. We're going to learn that the consequences are whenever she heals someone, she gets what they had. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter. It still no. doesn't matter. She should still be healing people. If I learned tomorrow that I had those powers, I'd be like, all right, everyone line up. We got to do this real quick because I'm going to get nine kinds of cancer <laughs> in 44 seconds. Yeah. So everyone just run by and high five me. <laughs> <laughs> we got to act fast. We're going to beat the system. <laughs> if I lose the ability to speak, just rub me up against people. <laughs> It's like, yeah. Squeeze all the healing out of me you can. It, well, it's like the way they look at Jesus and they say, well, Jesus was this great guy. And I'm like, Jesus had magic healing powers and selectively used them. He's an asshole. Right, exactly. If he's a real guy and all the shit in your book is true, he's a complete fucking dick. <laughs> yeah, right, he healed like right. 106 people in this tiny little geographic area. Yeah, don't remind right. us that there are not faith healers all over oncology wards doing nothing but trying. <laughs> They're not. This is not happening. Yeah. Don't remind yeah. us about that. Never happens. That's where, where are all the chiropractors? <laughs> all right, I'm just going to crack your spine. Please leave me alone. <laughs> It's good. These there's there's energy in your joints. I'm not quite sure how it works, but I got my degree online. Crack. <laughs> <laughs> so and also, I guess her last healing act as the portal closes is to put dad's hand in mom's hand. So now she's healed right. their marriage. Yeah, she's like now that now that I have magic powers, you guys are married because that's how this works. Apparently, and apparently that's all it took because now we get them on the porch and they're sitting around talking about Debo. Yeah. It sounds like they're testing the waters for a threesome. Just like, I mean, it'll be big. Like, is that what you're picturing? And he's like, yeah, yeah. Like, you're, like, it's too big. Like, it's splitting you open. That's, that's what I had in my, oh shit, the camera's on. Uh, yeah. So like, our daughter marriage fixed better. <laughs> And again, it's just, just like I got fired from Walmart or from uh, Hallmark for being too cheesy dialogue where he's like, she says, thanks for being here. And he says, I've always been here. And she says, you and I, you know what I mean? You pedantic fuck. Come on. Just, can we just have a normal goddamn conversation? Can I just have a nice moment? I don't know. When you say momentarily, you? do you mean for a moment or in a moment? <laughs> are we talking about game. eleven minutes specifically, or are you just using moment in general? So yeah, it's you're the worst Superman, including when he was paralyzed. <laughs> <laughs> you guys said she wasn't allowed to say that. You said she wasn't allowed to say that. <laughs> so now, mom and dad. <laughs> Pinky swear that they're not going to get divorced. And isn't that what marriage is really? It's a pinky swear, yes. And then we get the uncomfortable Christian movie kiss, and I thought, it's over. Isn't it over now? Can yeah. it be over now? Mom and dad are back together. The little girl, the portal's closed. Everybody believes in the grandma was right. Can we just shut the fuck up and let it be over? God, 65 no. minutes in the can. Let's just call there it. There were this 25 more minutes of this uh. fucking movie after that, um, it's, including a lot of people talking to a tree. <sighs> right, exactly. Also, we we can't forget Christian movie bingo. They have the chemistry lacking kiss. Yes, yeah. I'm like, I have run onto the scene of auto accidents and inhaled the last of breath of people with more chemistry than that kiss. <laughs> hey, move, move, move away from your daughter. I want to, I want to get this. <laughs> uh, four more years of strength. <laughs> I will be young again. That so, was nicer than the kiss in heaven's door, at least. <laughs> yeah, right. 
And then and then it was we just switched straight from Halloween to Christmas, and I'm like, are we just gonna follow this girl until she grows old and dies? Now is this? Well, no, it's Halloween then Thanksgiving because they're making Thanksgiving turkeys. Oh, okay. So we get through all the right. holidays with them. And what I really wanted was an intercut of children dying of cancer because to remind us that she's not <laughs> right. Them, yeah, there's, there's like different people being like, no, Julie, you have to hold on. You have to hold on. In Christmas time. <laughs> So, and, and then we get a, a little conversation between her and the ginger kid where she explains that she doesn't have the magic powers anymore, which is apparently- But she is gonna join the soccer team, so he's cool with it. Yeah, and look, okay, so if you're following the chronology of this movie, it's been months. It's been months since the portal closed. He was there when the portal closed. Is this the only conversation? They just have this conversation every time they see each other. And they're like, uh, so uh, still no magic powers. He's not powers, super huh? bright. They have the same conversation every day. <laughs> it's like visiting your grandma at a nursing home. When I was young, I used to dive off the highest swimming pool. All right, grandma. See you next year. It's your birthday. Is it? No, not really. I just wanted you to smile. <laughs> he was overweight. So I guess yeah. that. <laughs> exactly. That it's, makes... it's already catching up to him. It's fl- <laughs> flowers for Algernon in this town. Is As you get fatter, you get stupider. <laughs> Exactly. You sure you want to go to Old Country Buffet? You'll lose 50 <laughs> IQ points. <laughs> I think that happens anyway. But uh, Girl right. turns into a retarded mouse all of a sudden. That'd be fun. <laughs> and also, we get the, uh, the, like, there's, like, sort of a passing mention of Cancer Girl, of Ghost Girl. And the mom's like, oh, you know what? That's who Riley should have healed before she stopped, oh, that girl with cancer. Right. Not the full-grown man that just had really bad eyesight but was otherwise fully functional <laughs> and had the a dangerous, job. violent man who stands on his porch with a bat and now has the ability to see <laughs> yeah. the <laughs> Instead of him, she should have done the little white girl. Yeah. yeah. So now we get the dog dying. The pug died. And she says, she's like, Nate. Can you give me a sign? Can you? And the thing flashes, and then she sees the dog dead. So is what happened is, did Nate kill the dog as proof? Here you go, honey. You know how much I hated pugs. Yeah, um, I wanted Cruel DeVille to be wearing Brunswick as a jacket in the next yeah, right. <laughs> I'm just going to, you, you can go. I'm just going to dig him. No, 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 I'm not, don't worry about it. I'm just going to make sure your grave was good. Yeah. So, so now we cut to mom at work. Mom's getting a phone call at work. She's uh, and it's an emergency. She's got to go home, but on the way home, she runs into her boss, Mitch, that bastard who won't, doesn't want to let her leave to go see her family with no explanation of what's going on whatsoever. Right? He's like, "What's going on? Are you leaving early?" And she's like, "I have to go." And he's like, "Why? We have work to do." And she's like, "My family comes first. And then she just walks out. Right? She, she could have been like, "Say what's going on." She could have been like, there's a medical emergency. Yes. There's a family emergency. Anything. But don't worry, because there's not. No. She's going home because the dog <laughs> is dead. The dog died. No explanation. She's just like, get the fuck out of my way. <laughs> and he's like, oh, okay, I just walked in through this door. I wasn't trying to this physically is where we detain work. you here. I just <laughs> want you to explain briefly why you leaving the job I pay you for. Let go of me, Mitch. You're hurting my arm. I'm not, not touching, touching you. <laughs> I'm over here. I'm but, just uh, standing. That was about her, her fucking... Uh, reaction. And this is where we learn, um, and this is not why mom came home. Mom came home because the dog was dead, but we also learn that all the stuff that the little girl healed people from, they were like dying a few weeks later, and, and she gets the thing that they yeah. had. Kind and of. so this sounds a lot more like the god we know. It's only <laughs> temporary. Your pet dies anyways. And also, so there's net more suffering. Yes, is basically right. what we've learned. <laughs> Um, so they take her to the doctor, and the doctor says 
He's given her every test she could he could think of, and she has everything. She has everything, Jeez. every medical problem she has. Now, the thing is, generally, when you find one fatal thing that'll make you pass out, you stop doing tests. So at a certain point, he was just going like, holy shit, I wonder if she has rubella. Let's check for rubella. <laughs> you guys, check for gonorrhea. Oh, I think I know what this she is. got gonorrhea, too? Let's wait. Whoa. <laughs> So, okay, who ha- who had rickets in the pool? Who <laughs> had milk, milk leg? leg? What about milk leg? <laughs> who had milk, milk leg? leg? You oh, fucking 100 years. I was yeah. waiting for the doctor to say to the mom, uh, hey, did okay. Riley touch your hand? Because her uterus is gone now. <laughs> yeah, it's, just, it's just nothing but tumors and fibroids. And she has canine AIDS now? Yeah, I don't know what's going on. Yeah, so we find out that she had a very, very shit power. Uh, Mitch comes to see her in the hospital again. In this universe, the fact that a bunch of kids once thought she had magic powers, but it turned out she didn't, as far as Mitch knows, is the biggest thing that's ever happened. So even months later, when he finds out the little girl's in the hospital, he shows up to take pictures of her for the newspaper, (laughs) but Debo tells him to fuck off. Debo assaults him. Yeah, physically assaults him, picks him up off the ground, and physically assaults him. That is the main action of the black man in this movie. Right. Well, Mitch is like, hey, man, why don't I give you some money and we can settle this? And he's like, I will fuck you inside out. And he's like, okay. <laughs> Everybody calm down. And Debo's like, I'm real calm. I'm going to fuck you. <laughs> well, and that's, again, just like last week. It's when you try to give people money that they try to fuck you. So <laughs> this, never, this is why I don't why you tell you. Thank you. <laughs> if you learn nothing else from Christian movies. Me and all the characters Debo's of- ever played, we don't tip for a reason. <laughs> Dude, what the fuck? <laughs> Um, so, so Riley is in the hospital. She leaves her hospital bed to go see little cancer girl. Right. And I wanted her to be covered in like boils and broken limbs. (laughs) (laughs) Got half a hamster tail pulling out of her face. (laughs) But she doesn't. She's She's just got the eye makeup that Katie has. Hanging out of her ass halfway and shit. Yeah. Um, so she begs God not to torture, murder the innocent cancer child and offers to take the cancer from her for herself. And so God says, yeah, okay, I guess. Okay. Uh, so she does an ultimate healing thing. She goes super saiyan and there's just fairy dust <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> and we can tell Katie's healed because he takes the black makeup out from under her eyes. Yes, that's how <laughs> God indicates that she's doing okay. And, and, and so, and now the little girl is, is, is dying, you know, that, oh, and this is how we find that out. Cancer girl and the babysitter come out to the to the waiting room where mom and dad are waiting to find out about their daughter. And she's like, I am so sorry that Riley took my cancer and died. We switched. I'm I don't so know sorry. We, we, Honestly, we were... I didn't want her to take the cancer, but I was just in the moment. She was like, no, let me have it. And I just, okay. you know, I, I got carried up in the moment. And that is how they find out their child is dead. Well, it, is it? De- well, she's, de- it- she's dead at the moment anyway. So right. She's dead at the moment. Right. But, 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 but like they don't have, like, like the babysitter and the daughter aren't like, hey, maybe we should let one of the doctors break the news to her since they have training on that stuff. No, maybe. no, send Katie. Send yeah, Katie. Maybe good the... news, bad news. Good news, bad news. <laughs> <laughs> so remember, sandwich it and good stuff, but I love your hair. Uh, right. So, yeah. And then, so mom and dad are sitting around going, like, what's wrong with us? You know, we're only batting 333 on non dead kids, and that one's got asthma, so he <laughs> yeah, hasn't got long. Two out of three is not a good. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, good alive to death. I wanted child. a flash. Got to, to the little mute asthma kid getting hit by a car outside. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, man, we suck at this. 
Let's well, have a baby. And one of them, I, I wrote this in my notes, so I don't even remember which one it was that said this. But they says they said like maybe we deserve dead children because we don't appreciate our kids She's, enough. She doesn't say maybe we deserve dead children, but she does go, we didn't appreciate it enough, and now yeah, right. And I, like, maybe, I just wrote maybe. the mo- message of this movie is parents whose kids die don't appreciate them. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so which explains Carly Fiorina. Thank you. <laughs> Dude, it explains it. I knew that was coming. So, okay. I don't find this funny at all. <laughs> but you fake it so well. So now uh, Devo shows up. The wise black man shows up to make it all right. Now, but here's the thing. At this point, yes, yeah, she's going to come back alive, whatever. But at this point, the little girl is dead. Right. And Debo says, he's like having this weepy, it was a miracle moment. And he says, well, I only used to have 20% vision and now I can see just fine. That was worth your daughter's life, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. And I, I wrote in my notes, hey, man, our daughter just died. This isn't about you right now. <laughs> <laughs> so right as they're just about to embalm her, though, of course, a magic <laughs> wormhole portal opens up and a soccer ball throws uh, falls down through it. So... That means heaven showed up and she comes back to life. Right. She comes back to life and she's going to write a stupid cunty book. Yeah. (laughs) I want it so bad for Riley to get up and just walk back to the girl with cancer and be like, sorry, I have to give your tumors back. (laughs) Why? Why? (laughs) Yeah. Well, my dead grandpa threw a soccer ball at me from a portal. So, yeah. um, Turns out you you do have to die. A tough break. Uh, Give me your hand. No. Give me your hand. No. Stop stop trying to touch me. I'm not taking my cancer back. Stop trying to touch my hand. I got you. It was only one hand. You just got my robe. Come on. You got (laughs) cancer. That doesn't count. Cancer tag from Hasbro. (laughs) (laughs) I love that game. Um, So this is the actual dialogue between Riley and the mom when she wakes up from dead. Riley turns to the mom and says, you'll never believe what I just saw. And the mom says, I would. So now we know that mom has given up on all that stupid atheism shit and will believe whatever a 12-year-old girl tells her when he, she comes to after having been clinically dead for a few minutes, like a right. smart person would. Yeah. And then we learn, because the little girl does voiceover, that we hear the baby being born, and she goes, I'm going to love you, and I'm going to take care of you just the way you took care of me. So we learn that the person in heaven who has been giving her her magic powers and helping her through the movie wasn't grandpa. It was future baby. But miscarried. But future baby, according to the voiceover, looks just, she says, you look just like grandpa, which is really weird because, you know, she only knew grandpa as an elderly man at the end of his life. Um, hard to see a baby looking He's got exactly Benjamin like Button's that. Disease. Yeah, exactly right. Right, he comes out with the hat and everything. Damn, four, three out of four. We are really doing bad so, with this. <laughs> now, obviously, the only stars this movie earned were the gold stickers the director got every day of filming. He made through without shitting himself. So, rather than ask you how many stars you would give it, I want you to imagine that you fall out of a tree in a magic soccer portal thing or whatever (laughs) and when you step through it you are granted magical powers however those magical powers are even lamer than this movie so tell me (laughs) what would those powers have to be uh i can kill dead dogs wait no no that's that's riley's power she already had that Um, that one's already taken taken. Uh, no i can cure cancer but but i can only do it by giving you aids also (laughs) 
or something equivalent. Basically, I'm a disease switcher. That's my power. I'll take away your son's autism, but uh, he gets rickets now. Like, yeah, yeah. no longer colorblind, but now you're an alcoholic. So just like e- equally right. type things. Yeah, I love it. I love The it. swapper on sci-fi. <laughs> <laughs> Hey man, I had a flu and you gave me leukemia. Yeah, it doesn't always work well. It does not always go well. <laughs> Makes you feel better. Someone who has cancer is getting a flu. <laughs> He's going to negotiate be better with the switcher. <laughs> and um, Eli? Oh, uh, I'm going to go with, uh, I fall out of the tree and I reach into my pocket and I find a Zune with unlimited Zune credits. Just, just <laughs> never runs out of Zune credits. <laughs> A black oh God, all the hits of the Perfect. 80s, 90s, and... Well, that's it. 80s, 90s. <laughs> all right. Well, I guess that's a great way to wrap up our review of Heaven's Door. But that's not going to do it for the show quite yet, because we still haven't gotten y'all semi-erect over next week's show. So, Eli, tell us, what's on deck? Little boy. Oh, I've been looking forward to this one. Oh, me as well. So I actually saw this movie way back when it came out because we thought we were maybe going to do it and then mm-hmm. we didn't get a chance to do it before God Awful Movies existed. So this will be me watching this movie for th- three times now because oh, I'm going to watch it. So I <laughs> I am very excited. And just to give everyone the preview version of this, okay, mm-hmm. we have the single most racist depiction of a Japanese man or of an Asian person yeah. since Breakfast at Tiffany's. <laughs> We have a little boy who gets World War II ending powers. I think so. <laughs> and war crime level power of prayer. Yeah. M- meanwhile, cut to fat man going, oh, if I was more photogenic, they'd have given me a fucking movie. I was, I was bigger than the other one. Yeah, this, this movie is confirmation that there's like a rule number 34 going on for Christian movies and <laughs> apologetics about awful, awful fucking things. <laughs> Apparently, they have an apologetics movie about the fucking nuclear attack on Japan. In a way, if you think about it, the rape of Nanking was the best thing that could have happened to all of us coming this Christmas. Yeah, so that should be fun. With that to look forward to, we're going to bring episode 20 to a merciful close. Once again, a huge thanks to all the Patreon donors that help make the show go. If you'd like to count yourself among their ranks, you can make a per-episode donation at patreon.com slash godawful and thereby earn early access to every episode. You can also help us out a ton by leaving us a five-star review on iTunes and by sharing the show on all your various social media platforms. And if you enjoy the show, be sure to check out our sibling shows, The Scathing Atheist and The Skeptocrat, available on iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever else podcasts live. If you have questions, comments, or cinematic suggestions, you can email godawfulmovies at gmail.com all the music used in this episode was written and performed by Ryan Slotnick of Evil Drafts on Mars and was used with permission if you like what you hear hear more by following the links on the show notes to this episode thanks again for giving us a chunk of your life this week for Heath Enright and Eli Bosnick I'm No Illusions promising to work hard to earn another chunk next week until then we'll leave you with the Breakfast Club close don't you forget about me Grandma was arrested when the ginger kid was found in her van wearing nothing but handcuffs and a ball gag. Skeptical journalist lady went on to win a Pulitzer Prize for her shocking expose, debunking the fraudulent claim by a local lemonade stand that Jesus makes it sweeter. Girl who got cured of cancer, Katie, was chased around the hospital until Riley finally was able to grab her hand and give her her cancer back. She died of cancer. Don't you walk on by! <laughs> We got to duet that time. That was yeah, nice. exactly. <laughs> <laughs>